0: people yeah
1: (laughs) we the douchebags
0: maybe you're not one of the people he's talking about
1: well when I I went to Raw in July and I just sat down during this entire segment (laughs) All right, I'm gonna get
0: you got got both the songs on the uh, Tyson thing
1: yeah yeah I got it off the computer it wasn't great it wasn't great audio quality but I did what I could with it to at least make it listenable but it was weird. Yeah, on, on the phone it sounded I, great. I,
2: huh?
1: On the phone it sounded great, but on my computer it didn't sound that good. But I found a different one that was a little bit better. So, um, right, it, yeah, it's yeah, still I the mean, whole thing. Pre- I saw it wasn't perfect audio, but Yeah, it's different. still pretty much the whole thing. Like, I think what I have is you don't have the, and we're welcoming Mike Tyson thing or something like that.
2: Right,
1: right. All right, I'm going to get to started now, because it's a minute after.
2: All right. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio!
3: Yakuza Kick Radio! Yakuza Kick Radio!
0: Yakuza Kick Radio! Yakuza Kick Radio! Yakuza Kick Radio! radio. This is the bulldozer, not Tremont, that there's one place to listen
3: to on the internet every Thursday.
4: My name is Justice Page, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to come on
2: first.
5: This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yakuza Kick Radio, deep back in internet wrestling radio, period bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back.
2: Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the acid of bad internet radio. It's become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is the madness.
0: Well, this is Mr. Insanity,
5: Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. Oh, it's Greg Excellent, Spirit to Dragon out the northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not probably watching porn and you have this muted, you should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give <laughs> <laughs> a nigga rope like that,
2: cowboy. All you have to do is listen to
5: Yakuza Kick Radio.
3: But you can, now look at that glass, you only, fuck that, let me out This is bullshit, man,
5: motherfucker Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction Hosted by J.K. Morris You are now listening to Yakuza, J.K. Chick-
4: Radio
0: Or let me tell you, it is Wednesday, September 10th, 2014. Welcome to Yakuza Geek Radio. I'm your host, Jay Tommy Catworth. Uh, Yeah, you know, another show, talk a bunch of shit on. And, um, you know, I I think I'll probably start out with, you know, how the weekend went. I'll definitely start with the race. Um, You know, I did a lot of training leading up to it. I'm still training. The training just doesn't end. I mean, this is a year-round thing for me. You know, I started the whole race thing last year, and um, last year I did the uh, the foam fest that kind of got me started. You know, the 5K, you had the foam and mud and, you know, some, some obstacles there. And that one actually was in uh, Tuxedo Park, New York, so it was actually in the New York Mountains. So, um you know, a little taste of what I ended up with uh, this past weekend was my first race, and uh, that was the only really challenging thing about it. They had a bunch of, you know, inflatables and... Uh, you know, like a, they had a big long slipping slide that was inflatable so, you know, filled with foam and you just ran and it was fun, I mean it was tons of fun, a lot of waiting on the obstacles, but that was my first thing and then I followed that up saying, okay, let me go for something a little tougher, so the next thing I did was Warrior Dash, that was another 5K, but that was more legit, you know, mud race with a you know, the tougher obstacles and all that, so then I said, alright I want the big time and I did a bunch of other 5K, just plain races, no obstacles. But my, my goal last year was like done for I done four, and I did Tough Mudder. So following last year, you know, and quitting drinking and everything else, I uh, just continued to train and train and train and just want bigger and better things. Now this year, um, I had decided I wanted to do seven, um, you know, mud obstacle races. I signed up for all of seven. Um, actually badass dash said this a bunch of times completely beat me out of my money as well as everybody else who signed up for the jersey race so um i ended up with actually six races i don't know what's going to go on with that i have really no clue but um wound up at six races i have now done five out of six races this year um the one big one well the one of the biggest ones that I, uh, had anticipated was this one this past weekend, and that was Super Spartan. Um, this one took place in, um, Mount Vernon, New Jersey. Um, you know, it's a ski resort over there. It's, uh, the same location on the, at least the same, uh, large property that they have Action Park, which I've also never been to, but, um, I've heard good things, uh, I think they were shut down for years for being too crazy and people getting injured really bad. And I think they opened, uh, you know, back up this year. And, you know, I have yet to be there, but, you know, maybe I'll make the trip out there for the, you know, that one time. Um, so anyway, uh, very, very mountainous. You know, uh, when, when a race is hosted at a ski lodge, you more or less remo- remove the snow and the hills that make you go really fast, well, those are the ones that you're now going up. Um, so incredible! Definitely the hardest race I've ever done to date. I did Tough Mudder last year, but it was in English Town, and um, you know, not as definitely not a mountain there. Um, lot, a lot of lot of big hills, and Tough Mudder's no joke. But um, the mountain is uh, just incredibly tough. Um, nine miles, and you know, twenty five plus obstacles. But I'll tell you, nine miles on a mountain has got to be 20 on flat ground because I have never encountered something quite like what this mountain threw at me. And, you know, the obstacles were tough. They were, you know, what I expected. But, you know, no no huge, huge, um, you know, surprises there. Although there was a lot of lot of carrying things. Um, okay, so the mountain was the major thing. You'd look up some of these hills and just, holy shit. Um, you know, you could power up some of them doing some running, but for the most part, you just have to strong walk up them. I mean, there's no just continuous running up every hill. You would have burnt out quick. Um, so, and, you know, the weather held out. actually ended up being close to 100 degrees. So, And I honestly have no problem with that. I don't want it to be, you know, too cold, and I don't want it to be downpouring. But, um, you know, outside of that, I'm fine with the, the heat. So, um, definitely tough. Um, sorry I uh, the, the obstacles were Like I said, to be expected But the carrying stuff I was surprised to see so much of it I don't have that much of a problem with it Because, um, you know, I'm definitely pretty strong upper body Like that, I train a lot for that type of stuff But um, Yeah, they had uh, One of the things was an atlas stone You had to pick up a 100 pound atlas stone And carry it um, trying to think about how far it was um, maybe 40 feet, 50 feet, something like that uh, probably about 50 feet and uh, then you had to put it down uh, do five burpees and um, pick it back up and walk it back over um, I'm just estimating with the 50 feet it could have been more um, definitely not less though um, so then carry it back and then drop it Um, You had a log you had to pick up and carry way down a hill, then way back up a hill, um, like a big loop. Uh, You had uh, a sandbag that you had to do the same thing with. These are all different points in the race. Um, Sandbag that you had to do the same thing with, way down a hill, then way up a hill. Um, Then the hardest of the carrying things was definitely... Um, they had buckets, like Home Depot, standard, plastic buckets. The handles were removed from every bucket, um, so there was no handles on the buckets, and there was duct tape on the inside rim of the bucket. Now, you had to fill it with rocks. There was this big, big bin of rocks, you know, the type that you would, um, you know, if someone had, like, a stone, you know, uh, Lawn type situation, if they had a, you know, the stone yard or you know, landscaping rock type things that uh, you know, you would fill beds or you know, graves or whatever the case is. Um, those type of rocks, you had to fill the bucket with rocks all the way to the top. Um, it had to be to the top. This race was also very, very big on burpees. I fucking hate burpees. Um, for those who don't know what a burpee is you more or less start from push-up position, do your push-up, spring back to your feet, jump, back down, uh, shoot your legs back, push-up, like I said, spring to your feet, jump, back down, that's, I mean, that's your burpee. So, when you didn't uh, do something right, you're required to do 30 burpees that was like their penalty for not doing one of the tasks right or if you wanted to skip an obstacle that's that's what you would have to do um i want to say i did somewhere in the in the area of 90 burpees um at least it felt like that i could only remember two occasions of doing them and you know i'll definitely uh run those down in a second but um I really didn't fail at obstacle-wise. Um, like I said, the one five burpees you had, do win, lose, or draw with the Atlas Stone, put it down, did a five. That's fine. Um, but like I said, the, uh, the thing with the rocks, you had to, when you got back to that thing, because you had to go way up a hill, and the hill was ridiculous, and it was like three-quarters of the way through the race. So you've already gone like six miles with Ridiculous mountain conditions. Your legs are absolutely burning. Uh, You know, cast, all that stuff is trying to lock up on you. And um, now you have to fill a bucket to the absolute top. Uh, They're they're telling you, you know, these rocks will settle. And then if you spill them or drop them, you're going to start picking rocks up because if you get back down to the bottom, you're talking dirty burpees, you know, if it's not to the top. So climb all the way up this big ass hill while holding it. Like I said, no handle. So you had to, like, bear hug it, you know, kind of hold the bottom rim and hold it to your chest, stomach area, and, uh, just, just go up and then come back down. And that was a motherfucker, man, because, like I said, your legs were already blown up, and then you just you just had to go up with this, this bucket of rocks. I mean, <laughs> there's no, there's nothing fancy about that. It's a bucket full of rocks. And, um, you know, they're pretty unforgiving. Uh... And, you know, I did that. You know, you got to put that bucket down a few times. That's for damn sure going up that hill and, you know, just got all the way to the top, had to just sit on it for a minute. There was, like, a whole line of people just sitting on that bucket for a minute trying to grab their strength back, did that, come back down the hill, you know. No no burpees there. Did that 100%. Um the two things I had to do burpees on, and one I was pretty upset about, and I honestly, you know, in retrospect, I wish I would have went and grabbed a different uh, rope because I know there had to been something wrong there, um, especially because of you know one of the things I train in, and the this challenge was there's uh, a pulley system, there's ropes, and there's a big heavy sandbag. I don't know what the sandbag weighed. You know, maybe 100 pounds or something like that. I don't know. But this thing's there, the, the pulley is way up in the air. And the, the rope segment. And there's like a guardrail for you to like put your feet on. So you're going to sit down and you're going to pull this rope until that bag hits all the way to the top where the pulley is. And then you're supposed to lower it down slow. You can't drop it. If you drop it, you have to do the 30 burpees. If you didn't get it up there, you had to do the 30 burpees. And I grabbed that rope and gave it every fucking thing I got, leaned back on it, I had my feet up on the front guardrail, like, leaning my weight back and pulling and stuff, and I got it, like, like two inches off the ground. And I, I just, you know, like I said, in retrospect, I, I know there had to been something wrong with that particular pulley, because I've seen people smaller than me, you know, lined up there, and you know, they were getting it at least halfway up before they started struggling and not being able to handle it. And um like I said, it must have been, you know, something stuck about that, that um that pulley up there. And I was just, you know, I was just putting it all into it and I was just gonna take my take my penalty, you know what I mean? Be like, Oh well, I, I can't do it suck it. and I'm like you know, I, I couldn't do it I, I turn around I'm like, you fucking fag God damn it Pussy motherfucker You know, I'm like pursing myself out After this shit Because I'm like There's no way I shouldn't be able to do this so At least not, like Not at all So I was pissed And uh, like I said In retrospect I should have grabbed another one Because, I mean When it comes down to it Like One of the things I train And I do at least weekly Is I do the um, The sled in the gym And it's got You know You, you attach the battle rope to one part of the sled and you stack, you know, the forty five plates on there. And um, the most I do on there is six plates. I think six plates is my top, or maybe I think I've done seven. And I'll do um you know two reps of that, which uh, a rep is more or less you're at the other end of that rope. You you know, you lean back a little bit, not sitting down, but you know, you're standing and crouching and you're pulling that thing all the way in until you're holding the handle that sled all the way back to you. And then you're gonna grab that handle and you're gonna drive it all the way back, push it all the way back to where it goes, come back to the end of the rope and pull it all the way in again. And I'll do that, I'll do that two times. I'll start off with like two plates and then I'll add another plate after two times of doing that. And then I'll do it again two times, add another plate until I get up to six, seven plates. So, I mean, you do the math on that. I don't know what the sleigh was. The the sleigh's got to be like 100 pounds or or something in the area of 100 pounds. And then you have damn near 300 pounds of of weights on that sled. And I'm doing that regularly. I'm doing that, like I said, at least once a week. So, you know, like I said, in retrospect, thinking about it, there had to been something wrong with that pulley for me to not move the thing because it's, it's right in it's, it's right up my alley of something that I've trained for It's pulling the rope with weight behind it I, that's something I've done so I was pissed off and I did my 30 burpees but I, I wasn't happy about it because you know as I finished those and, and went on my way just like fucking I knew it I just, I just couldn't get it out of my head and um, you know even, even to prove that even more so Another challenge had a tire attached to a rope, a big, big truck tire attached to a rope. And your challenge there was uh, attached to a rope, the rope was attached to a post. The challenge there was uh, grab the tire, drag it all the way till the rope is tight, you know. So no problem, I picked up one half of the tire, you know, like lean the one half of the tire up, and then just fucking walked backwards like fast as I could and got it back there pretty quick, because a lot of people were, you know, really dragging it hard, you know, I I just picked half of it up, and and just drug it that way, um, then when I got back to the other side, sat down, planted my feet, and I'm looking around a little bit while I'm pulling this thing in, and I'm pulling it in fast, because I had already, you know, failed at that other, uh, you know, that other challenge, and I was pissed off, and you know, I, I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder as far as pulling weight in. It was like, you know, I fucking uh, felt like I had something to prove to myself at this point. I pulled that fucking thing in fast. Like, I had a lot of people on, you know, both sides of me that I could see that are pretty big dudes, and, and I'm pulling in a lot faster than them. So I, I just knew, like, he kind of proved to myself, like, yeah, I can't have him and stuff with that fucking pulley. But anyway, so I get that in, no problem. Um, another thing they had to do... Was um, more or less like a cinder block. Um, it was shaped a little different, but same same idea. It was you know a concrete block attached to a chain, and you had to drag that thing up the hill, and then back down the hill, big long hill. Um, and that it was like walking a dead dog. It was ridiculous, um, which I've never done before. But I would only imagine that's about the same. Um, you did that. You had a. You know, a rope to climb and ring the bell at the top. I've and I gotta, you know, admit here that I have gotten goddamn good at climbing the rope. I see a lot of people struggling at those things, and I can get up a goddamn rope pretty, pretty uh, efficiently. So I'm very happy about that. Um, I, just like I said, overall, it was just a really tough, grueling, long race. Um, that nine miles did not go fast beautiful, beautiful scenery up there in the mountains uh, I mean, you'd come to, you know, one of the top of the hills before you had to run down this hill and uh, just look out it just looks like it went on forever man. I mean, it, the scenery was just amazing Um trying to think of what other uh, things you had there was a swimming thing there was, you know, a little lake you had to jump in there, swim out uh, to the, like, raft thing in the middle jump up on there, jump back down, swim uh, no problem I did surprisingly well with that. You know, uh, over this year, I've definitely had to get used to swimming with my shoes on. I'm not an amazingly strong swimmer just because I I don't really swim. Um, I I can swim. I have swam. I've swum many times. It's not not something I, I haven't done, but honestly, I just, like, I don't do a lot of pool work. I don't do a lot of, you know, I have dirt creeks and bays and oceans and all that shit around here, but it's never really been my thing. I'm not like a huge beach guy. So, um, you know, I've, I've swam in pools and wherever, but it's just not like a thing I do that often. So, when it comes to, you know, all these lake crossings we've had to do with these races, yeah, you know, it, it's a little challenging, especially on the lungs and everything. Plus, you add your shoes to it, and it's uh not a natural motion. But, you know, I, I it's didn't even hold me up a little um they had a really long barbed wire crawl i mean this thing was massive absolutely massive it was in the beginning of the race um i scratched my back up a little bit on it you know nothing to you know nothing to am whining about or anything like that i had no problem with that. i didn't even realize it until i was like you know most of the way through the race and i think we got out of the lake so that kind of you know cleaned off everyone's and shit, and someone was behind me and they're like, oh, barbed wire got you. I was like, oh, is it? it? I don't know. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, I just thought it was really cool. I really liked the the length of that barbed wire crawl. It was awesome. Because um, most of the times it's like, you know, maybe eight strands of barbed wire in any of these barbed wire crawls, and you're out of there. And then some of the places will even pussy out, and there won't even be barbs on there. Which I was surprised that's what Battle Frog did because Frog was a really, really good and tough race, and just absolutely packed with obstacles, and it was one of the last things there, and, uh, you know, I had a guy yelling at you, get low, get low, and I'm looking at him like, fuck you, there's not even barbs on this fucking jet. So, uh, which is crazy, so um, I, I don't like that type of thing, I like, uh, some, some element of danger in these races, um, yeah, it was, uh, really, really long, and yeah, there had these sprinklers going, so part of it was muddy, and then part of it was just, you know, the dry dirt. And, uh, yeah, you had some people trying to roll under these things. Uh, a lot of people had those those um, water backpacks with the little hose that comes out that they could sip off of. There was a few points in the race I was envious of for those guys. But for the most part, I don't want to carry shit on my back uh, during this race. I don't want to run around with a backpack. I don't like to wear a shirt during these races. I just like to be able to, you know, me versus this shit. And go. Uh, during the beginning of the race, there was pretty much a water station almost every mile. And um, it's weird. They seem to get a little more lenient on their water stations towards the end of the race, which seems like a terrible idea. There was definitely some points with some big-ass hills. I think they ran at least a mile and a half to two miles, probably somewhere between mile six and eight where there was no water station, and I was like, dude, you got to be fucking kidding me, because, and I started my race at 9.30, and um, I was like, what the fuck? So by the time, you know, you're almost done with this race, now we're talking about 11.30, you know, noon, We're we're hitting almost 100 degrees out, and you're on the fucking mountain going uphill, you know, like the, the 20th hill you've gone up, and these are mountain hills, they're not just a little hill. Um, they seem like they never ended. At some point, you just have to put your head down and just keep keep trucking, and you know? i just keep pushing and pushing, and before you know it, there's another one. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I did well. I did, um, uh, just under three hours. It was two hours, 56 minutes, and, uh, 56 seconds. And, um... I came in 1,044 out of 6,588. So, you know, hey, man, I'm not in the top ten. That's never going to be my place. But there's 5,000 motherfuckers plus that were slower than me. So, uh, you know, at least 1,500, or uh, 5,500, I should say, um, that were slower than me. So, I man, I'll take this shit. I started doing this last year. I was 906 out of all males, and 183rd in my age group. So, man, I'm happy about it. I um, highly, highly enjoyed this race. Um, Didn't get as many pictures as I would have liked because it was so mountainous. You know, I had my girl, you know, running around taking pictures of me. So they have their, you know, free picture race staff or whatever, and you can hope that they get some shots to you, but they're taking pictures of, 6,588 people, so you might get, you know, three, four pictures that are good, and outside of that, it's on you. So if you have someone there taking pictures and kind of, you know, following the course around and trying to catch you, I mean, that's fucking awesome. So uh, luckily I do, but um, in in this case, it was tough because, you know, those same hills that were grueling for me to get up, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. You either need to find, you know, cuts or her little routes to get ahead of me, you know, you can't run the race with me. You more or less got to, you know, find your little routes. And, you know, they have maps that will tell you, like, where they're going to end up next. So she was able to get some pictures for sure, and, you know, that's great. But, uh, like I said, some of these hills were ridiculous, so you would have to climb the damn mountain just to get pictures. By the time you got to the bottom, I'd be down there, too, so... You know, not as many as usual, but I'm not sure I will have a, a ton of tough mother because that's uh, English Town. I kind of misspoken because I I got used to it. You know, I got used to the English Town thing, and I put it over as the best venue. And um, it is a good venue because they do have a lot of space, and they do do a lot of things. And and uh, Andrew, can I uh, take a quick break, real quick? Is that a Little
1: thing, come up over here. Yeah, I'll uh, i hit the break right
0: now.
4: All right. Icon, the original Scarface. You the I ain't never change on your motherfucker. An OG spittin' game on your motherfucker. Should be ashamed like a motherfucker. The streets packed with all these names, they don't motherfucker. Yeah. Everybody wanna be a hard stopper. You won't find so many riding out without a chopper. They in the dead or somewhere in locker. Where somebody will break them off, some proper.
3: These young think that I'm so cool. They wanna learn the game from my old school. I get some strategies to sleep on, so when they put me in the grave, they can keep on. Now first on your checklist, be your own man, cause your friends ain't shit. They only come around when they need to, use that homeboy shit to deceive you. Remember, you don't owe nobody, niggas put the bite in hand and feed, that's your body. And they forgetting how they got there, this is life, it's a game, but it's not fair. It's hard enough trying to get by day-to-day struggling with shit so you get high. And staying drunk on the regular. Talking dope talk on your cellular. But in this game, that's a no-no. The streets ain't the only ones watching, taking photos. And life ain't bitches and money. This life's about getting this money. Because that bitch is a problem. Can't live with, the, can't live without her. My advice is you can stay on your grind. Keep that bitch on her back and your bank on your mind, nigga. I ain't ever
4: change on your motherfucker. An OG spitting game on your motherfucker. You should be ashamed like a motherfucker. Streets packed with all these rainbow motherfucker. motherfucker. Everybody want to be a hard stopper. You won't find too many riding out without a chopper. They end the
3: up dead or somewhere in lockup. Where somebody will break them on some problem. And we don't talk to police. That's the number one rule in the streets. So if you can't do the time, then you don't do the crime. Nigga, keep the street quiet You don't upstrap unless you have to. Bullshit with these niggas and they clap you. You go revenge somebody. dig two brains just in case of two bodies. And never bring a stick to a gunfight. One shot, one kill. You get one life and shitting where you sleep ain't an option People knowing where you sleep, that's a problem You got to watch these niggas. They ain't your homeboys, not these niggas First chance you call sleep, they can murder you So don't put squares in your circle. These streets don't love nobody You gotta pay attention to the signs, Johnny. If you a weak nigga, don't try to play hard Better keep your punk ass out the yard. Cause I ain't ever change on your motherfucker An OG
4: spittin' game on your motherfucker You should be ashamed like a motherfucker Streets packed with all these names, little motherfucker. Everybody wanna be a hard stopper You won't find too many rides out without a chopper Stay in the dead or
3: somewhere in lockup Where somebody will break on something the proper And don't get in front of just a the boy there But if you have to, pay them boys back if niggas ain't playing, it's a drought The board is closed, the cash running out And broke motherfuckers make the best crooks Every nigga in the way getting shook You got to play the game by the book Or fuck around and your life getting shook And last but not least, when you make that money Keep a low pro, don't say shit, dummy Don't say shit to your girlfriend Pillow talk I send your ass to the safe end Take notes to the game I'm providing, stop using mama name trying to hide shit, nigga them fans ain't stupid, you ain't the only nigga trying to do this, riding around the hood in a photo, flying spur on rims trying to showboat, you drawing too much attention, and then be surprised when you catch a life spinning. the game is the thing that you boys should be proud of, but once you're in it, it's hard to get out of. And greed kill a nigga like a gun do. So when you get a chance to make a break for a run,
0: fool Alright, I'm back uh, You know, uh had to take a quick break uh, My dog just got sprayed by a skunk So that was fun uh, Yeah, Nina came running in the room for the lease and was like, shit, there's a huge skunk in the yard with Lily and, uh, yeah, a little stupid ass got sprayed. So that's a first for her. Um, I You know, we have a lot of skunks around here, man. And uh, I, I it was fucking crazy because I was just talking about this earlier today at work. Uh, someone had called, and, they're you know, they, there was a skunk in the yard. And they were like, oh, I'm worried about the kids and how to take my garbage out if there's a skunk? And we were like, you know, and, and then he said some shit like, yeah, my dog's got sprayed several times and I'm like, oh, don't you want you wanna bet the motherfucker told you and get sprayed several times. You probably would have led the conversation with that rather than how do I take my garbage out and uh, cause you know, it's pretty severe and so you get sprayed by a tongue
1: with your hand. consider yourself lucky, I got a raccoon running around every night.
0: Yeah, well shit, they don't spray and make everything stink.
1: No. Um, well they make they shit stink know. when they're digging through the trash and then they go fucking ape shit on you too if you Get in their way.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty, you know, well versed in wildlife, but, uh, these, these fucking things suck. And I, uh, you know, i into my duck pen and kill a, a pigeon in there, um, that was, you know, months back. And, uh, then I trapped that one. Yeah, you know, I got a humane trap. I trapped that one and relocated it way across the neighborhood. And then, um, this was a couple weeks ago, Uh, my drug addict neighbor's dog killed one of them on the side of my house, Uh, so that smelled horrible over here, and the dog, you know, got sprayed pretty bad. Um, But, um, Lily's never encountered one. I knew if there was one in the yard when she was out there, shit was going down, because she's an aggressive little bastard with other animals. Uh, yeah, so, uh, it's, you know, ironic that I was talking about it earlier today, and I was just saying, you know, I think we might be, sc- <laughs> I fucking said the words. I think we might be kind of scones free around there after the neighbor's dog killed one, and you know, we relocated the other one, sure enough, that night my dog would be fucking get paid by the scone for the first time, so, that was, uh, that was that, well, so, uh, back to the race, uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, What I'm gonna do. One of my next year's goals is I'm gonna do the Spartan trifecta, which is I did the Super Spartan this year, but I have to redo it next year. You have to do it within the same year. Um, When you do the Spartan, the Super Spartan, or the Spartan Sprint, or the Spartan Beast, you get um, your medal, and then you get another medal that's like a like a piece. It's like a third of a medal. Like it's the size of your other medal, but it's like a you know like a like a puzzle piece kind of, um, like, you know, triangular shit, puzzle piece. And if you get all three of them, you do the Spartan Sprint, which is a 5K, so, you, you know, you're three miles and change, no big deal. Uh, the Super Spartan, which I did, which is nine miles, and then the Spartan Beast, which is 12-plus miles. And they don't do those everywhere. Um, you do all three of those, and then you get each piece, and then they give you one big-ass medal and that's the Spartan trifecta. So that's that's on my to-do list next year. Um, I'm going to have to go to western massachusetts in order to do the Spartan Beast because there's none anywhere closer to here. So there's there's that. Um, I'll do the Spartan Sprint I think is in New York, really probably not too much further than yeah. The, uh, the Super Spartan and the Super Spartan will be back where where I did it. But like I said I was I was putting over English Town as the best venue because I had gotten used to it, and they do have a lot of, uh, you know, they have a woody area with some big trenches to, you know, navigate and climb up, and, and you know, they have, because it's a, it's a speedway, they have like a, you know, they, they do car races, they do dirt bike races, motorcycle, like, they, they do every type of racing there, so you have the big hills that they use for the dirt bikes and the dune buggies and all those things that, you see those people jumping way into the sky on TV, well, they have those for you to run up, too, and, um, you know, a lake to cross, and so that they really have a lot of bases covered there, so, you know, I'd gotten used to it, and I was really putting it over as the best venue. When it comes down to it, it's absolutely not the best venue. The best venue are these mountainous venues. If you want a challenge, you want tough, you want a mountain. Because those things will beat the shit out of you all by themselves before they drop obstacles on there. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it if you want to challenge, uh, you know, get into these things. And uh, those mountain ones are no joke. Supposedly the, the toughest one in the country is Vermont. That's supposed to be the absolute toughest. And one day I'll do that. Um, but that's, that's not for me next year. Like I said, next year I want the trifecta. And then... Um, you know, I'll go from there. And I have uh, Tough Mudder, which is my last race of the year, coming up October 11th. So I'll get my uh, two-times Tough Mudder headband, because they're different things. If you do it twice, there's, like, another section of obstacles that you can do to, uh, you know, complete and get your, I've done it twice, headband, <laughs> more or less. Uh, it, that's a, it's a cool twist that Tough Mudder does. The headband is your medal. You can't buy the headband on their shop or their store or anywhere else. Uh, I'm sure people sell them on eBay or something. But the only way to actually get those headbands is to earn them, and that's that's your medal. Um, I love the medals. I'm a you know a metal medal freak with these things. I hate when a race doesn't give you anything because you like that little piece of accomplishment. You know, you know you you completed it. It is what it is. You've experienced, but it's nice to have something to walk away with. So. Um, even even the headband is, is something. Um, so there's that. There's the race. Uh, I gotta find more hills around here to run because that's that's something I need to train a little more on. I don't know, I've done a ton of other things in the gym and continue to do what I'm doing, and it's all working very very well. But I always just try to find different ways and better ways to push myself to you know do even better at what I'm doing because you know there's always room for improvement no matter what you're doing. Uh, I think that's all I got on the race um, Joan Rivers died um, Definitely, you know, just wanted to touch on this And then more or less Echo, you know Could never, you know, do her quite the justice That Howard did on this show But Howard uh, turned the, uh, the eulogy And I thought, he, you know, from everybody's account He did a great job, which I don't doubt for one second um, You know, and he put the Joan Rivers Uncut Ross in on it, which I thought was the right way to do it, and everyone, even the people who might have gasped initially, uh, settled right in and said, oh, wow, and the thing is, Joan Rivers is definitely, you know, one of the best female comics of all time, uh, she stayed relevant, she continued to, you know, evolve the years, and, you know, the, the joke that she said on, on Howard, and he repeated it, at her funeral, which is hilarious, is, um, run on the show and she said, her vagina's so dry, she gets in the bath and all the water disappears. Whitney Houston had her vagina, she wouldn't have drowned in that bathtub. I mean, if you could find another 80, 81-year-old woman that could just say sharp, scathing, things like that, you know, without missing a beat, I, I mean, you're not going to find someone like that. So, I mean, she'll, she'll be missed. was, you know, a hard you know, no joke comic that way. She didn't apologize for shit And especially in this PC Everyone's got to apologize uh, Society that we're in now you got to respect the people Who don't give a shit from start to finish And uh, she went through a lot in her career and, You know, 81 years old You know, it definitely sounds like a full life And she definitely led one But like I said, still on the top of her game When she went out, so it is a shame So, uh, she'll be missed Um, let me see Oh, um Also, Sean O'Hare passed away the other day. Uh, Not quite a story to the career. Uh, 41 years old, he killed himself. Uh, According to what I read, uh, he tied a rope around his neck, attached to the bed, all that stuff. Uh, Sean O'Hare was a guy who I really looked at as this guy who was going to be an absolute star. Uh, When I saw him in WCW, the dude was jacked out of his mind. He had a face like Scar from The Lion King. Uh, you know, and the guy was doing swantons like Jeff Hardy, like awesome form. Like you're just like holy, holy shit! This guy is just unreal. Uh, he just he just seemed superhuman to me when I saw him because he he was doing the things that you saw. You know, uh, moving to Guerrero and and um, you know Blitzkrieg and all those other cruisers on WCW. You see, saw those guys doing it. He was jacked up like a, you know, like a Steiner or one of these guys. And he was doing the moves that the, the Lucha guys were doing. So I, I thought, I mean, this is a no-brainer. This guy is going to be an absolute star. Uh, and he was with Jindrak. And I thought, Jindrak, he's, he's going to fall flat because he doesn't have the just raw talent that uh, O'Hare has. And, you know, he had a little segment. He, I guess the height of his thing was probably when he had that little thing going with Roddy Piper. And uh, you know, that that what it was what it was, but um he just he just seemed to just die off, you know, no pun intended. But uh just, just kind of faded away and supposedly he had a lot of uh Jesus Christ, this chick's doing a split on the bottom rope. I don't know who the fuck she is, but that's uh, that's something else that move. Uh, can't CNA on the T V. Um, but uh yeah, so I don't know. I don't really know that. Supposedly he had a lot of substance issues and depression over the years, and obviously, you know, I mean, you see it from all different angles. You see it as a guy, you know, Robin Williams, you know, he talked about that, where, uh, you know, it was a guy who he had all the acting ability in the world. He had millions of dollars. He had all the fame you could possibly ask for, and that depression shit will kill you, you know. Uh, and then you get a guy who's jacked out of his mind has all the athletic ability in the world, and you would think, you know his look and everything. He, just, he didn't look like a cookie cutter dude. He had that sinister, evil. You know, and the guy could play Satan in a movie. You could, you could do anything with that guy. I would think. Uh, kind of, I would say, born, healed, just by his face. And uh, you know, that depression fucking gets you. And he, you add substance to it in his fucking curtains because that just. That enhances whatever you are doing. I mean, you could be a fun-loving dude. You add some substance. Next thing you know, you're the you know, you're the life of the party. You're you know, you're the main event. Uh, you, you know, you got bad shit going on in your life. You add substance. Uh, you're you're heading in a bad fucking direction. Quick, uh, I could definitely vouch for those things because um, I've had the the fun times and the not so fun times, which you know, led me to my straight edge uh, life. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that way, but I've definitely experienced it. So when I see these type of things happen, it's, uh, it's a shame, but uh, I could very well sympathize how it seems inescapable, and uh, it, it'll it'll heighten your, uh, your issues. So,
2: yeah, it's, it's a shame. Like I said, a lot of
0: potential, uh, something I expected a lot more out of the dude than that, you know, when it was all said and done. But, you know, what can you do? Uh, Ray Rice. Uh, this is this is a situation that you know the guy <laughs> fucking punched his wife in the face and dragged her lifeless body out of the out of the uh, the elevator. Now the video was out there where they, he dragged his wife out of the elevator. For that, he gets a two game suspension. I don't understand why you would need to see the other part of the video in order to take it seriously. Okay, she's unconscious. He's dragging her around. But you know what? Eh, we'll give him two games. And then when you see he punches her in the face, it's like, Whoa, what do you mean he punched her? How do you think she got unconscious, you fucking maniac? So, I, I don't know. Like, that part of it I don't understand. I think they're just completely backpedaling at this point to do what they've done. Um, I I think there should be harsh penalties for that type of thing. Uh, you're, you know, you're supposed to be some form of role model. And I... To a certain extent, that is the statement I'm making, is you should be some form of role model. But I'll also say on the other side of things, just because someone's a phenomenal athlete doesn't mean that they're a good person whatsoever. Uh, So maybe, you know, a little too much is expected out of some of these guys, but in the same token, hey, man, lose your fucking career. You're on, you know, the spotlight's on you. You're a super talented athlete. Now hold it the fuck together. If you can't, you can fucking kiss your career goodbye. It's as simple as that. And you know, no one needs to feel bad for these guys when they lose their career for doing shit that could be avoided. Um, you know, is uh, then fiance now wife is, is blaming the media for bringing it up again as if oh we didn't want to relive that. Well, I'm sorry, but punching your woman in the face is illegal, even if uh, even if the woman is okay with it. I mean, if you're going to do illegal things and you're going to be okay with doing these illegal things that may be dangerous to yourself, then you better do them in the safety of your own home. If you would like your husband to punch you in the face and drag you around the house, well, then do that shit with the, the curtains drawn and, yeah, you know, all of that. You, you can't, you know, go doing it in a hotel, uh, you know, elevator and just expecting it all to shake out, and like, oh, everybody forget about it, we're good with this, and, um, a girl let the dog in the room for some unknown reason while I'm doing the show, so now she's running around like a retard, so whenever she gets a bath, um, when she's wet, she runs around, like, uh, it, it's amazing, like, she, she has no fucking brain in her head, so she just runs in circles and rolls on the floor. And, uh, you know, now she smells like a skunk and she's in my room. So it's all, it's all fantastic things that are going on over here. But um, what was I saying uh, previous to this huge distraction that I wish would be in my room? Um, Jesus. you uh, right, right. So y- you can't drag your, your chick around the fucking hotel after you knock her out in the, you know, videotaped uh, elevator. Y- you can't do it. I mean, It's illegal. So that's not like a choice you can make and say, okay, in life, I'm going to punch my life in the face, and you guys can get over it because you know what? She's over it. That's that's not the fucking way it works, all right? So you make that decision to do that type of shit, well, you better keep it under wraps because everyone's going to be talking about it. You're a public figure by being an NFL star, and it is what it is. Uh, Supposedly now it's all coming out, too, that, the cops submitted that entire video to the NFL months ago, because supposedly that happened back in February. So Roger is going to come under some pretty big fire because they were trying to brush it under the rug. They did a two-week suspension, which is bullshit, when they automatically put a guy out for a year because he smoked weed. Um, you know, illegal is illegal. If you're going to take some kind of stance on, on an illegal act, you should probably... Uh, You should probably line them up pretty comparably. You you can't go, well, beating your wife two games, lead one year. What? I mean, you could be against, you know, lead. You could do whatever you want with that. Your policy can be whatever you want it to be. But you better not go light on wife beating and DUIs and shit like that because that's that's a big fucking deal. And a lot of people are going to take stands on that. That's not going to favor your league as far as income goes. The NFL is one of those leagues that is not going to suffer too much regardless of your decisions, but uh, it's, it, it, there's big deals, at least with sponsors. Um, sponsors is millions and millions of dollars, and I think that's, that's the part where the league will suffer a little bit. Fans, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, as far as Ray Rice playing again, my feeling on it is this. Um, he had a shit year last year. A lot of people have compared it to Mike Vick. When Mike Vick did the horrible shit that he did, he was still a top quarterback. He was still a guy that would make, you know, absolute top money in the NFL, and and most teams would have taken him as a starting quarterback at any given moment, you know, prior to him electrocuting dogs for fun. Um, Ray Rice is not that guy. I can very well vouch for that because he was on my fantasy team last year and did dick. So, um, while the team was really good two years ago and won the Super Bowl, the last year Ray Rice was fucking garbage. So his last NFL season fully played, he was not in the lead back anymore. He, he wasn't. He did not play to the caliber that you would expect Ray Rice to play. He did not play well. He had injuries, too. So he got a banged-up guy who did not put up good stats in his, full, his last full season. You take him out of the league for a year or two, and then see where his stock goes when all these other guys, Carlos Hyde, just started for us. He's over there competing for Frank Gore's job. He's banging out in there. You got Marcus Lattimore on the scene. I'm just talking about my guys. Marcus Lattimore, who would have won a number one draft pick, had major knee surgery. We're allowing this dude to just sit there, rehab all you want, man, take a year off, pick whatever, because we know this guy is going to be a gold mine if he's able to you know, perform 100% whether it takes him a year and a half, whatever it takes him to rehab, it is what it is. There's backs waiting in the wings like that, and this is also the age of the, the one-two punch, which is hard on Fantasy Kings, but very good on the workload of backs, and, you know, it kind of makes them work harder, too, because they want that starting job. They want their job, and if the other guy's outperforming, boom, he's in there. So I, I think you take Ray Rice out of the game for two years, and his stock pretty much resembles that of a backup running back, I don't know how many teams are going to risk the immediate backlash for a backup running back. That's what it is. And it's not, you know, a moral stand on this guy should just never play the game anymore. I just don't know what his stock's going to look like at all if you take a year or two off and you're only worth the value of a backup running back. Now, I mean, Vic, even when Vic came back in the game. He was still considered a starting quarterback, so it was a no-brainer for you know maybe not a no-brainer. Well, no, the Eagles generally have no-brain, but um, you know to sign him on as a starting quarterback. Well, shit, there was a lot of value there. But I mean, if his only role was even perceived to be a backup quarterback, I don't know if they could have got signed to that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there was a lot of media backlash and. Uh, I mean, now he's kind of playing that backup role, and, and it is what it is. But you know, uh, the Eagles took the brunt of that media backlash from the start, and you, you know, you need that couple of years to burn off the initial, you know, uh, media coverage and backlash and how to deal with this guy play. Once once that's out of the way, it is what it is. But again, how many years does Ray Rice have to even compete for a starting job, and what team is willing to take that opportunity wise I don't know, it just, uh, you know, it's crazy, and holy shit, man, it, she might have hit him and all did all that crazy shit, but, man, he knocked her clean the fuck out and drugged her around like, like fucking weekended Bernie's, that, that shit was, uh, that shit was pretty rough, that's not gonna get you over very well, uh, you know, with anyone reviewing your case, so, I, you know, it, it's definitely startling to, you know, have the type of women that are just like, hey, well, stop bringing that up. <laughs> like, we're, we're so over that. <laughs> like, well,
1: poor woman,
0: because you're leading that type of life. You, you have a horrible, horrible uh, road ahead of you. Uh, and you obviously, it wasn't the first time. It was just one of those knockout nights. <laughs> you know, it's like, did I blackout drinking? No, nah, I knock you out. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you know, the way my jaw hurts makes me think I didn't drink too much. yeah, uh, you put me to bed last night. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Um. So anyway, uh, this leads me to my next thing, which the guy who, you know, I, I just know the clock is ticking on me being Facebook friends with this guy. I had talked about his his girlfriend. Uh, you know, a couple shows back, and uh, what a cunt she is over, you know, the whole situation I had with her, and, uh, you know, she's a complete douchebag, and uh, she unfriended me and all that that good stuff, kind of mutual thing there. Um, He's been very kind of passive-aggressive since then, and we used to be good Facebook friends and chat a bunch of wrestling and this and this. Since then, he's just, he's posted a bunch of shit that annoys me, and he's very passive-aggressive. He won't address me personally, but he wouldn't, you know, pull the trigger and delete me or anything like that. Now... I had, uh, you know, posted some shit about Ray Rice. Nothing too crazy, you know. I've got to save a lot of my deeper, or at least, um, long-winded thoughts. I don't even want to say deep. But, you know, my long-winded thoughts for the show. Because, you know, if I'm going to babble on and on, why type it and have you take it the wrong way? I might as well say it how I feel it. And, um, so I just more or less said when they did release them, you know, kudos to the, uh, the Ravens for releasing this fucking guy and uh, fuck whatever team signs him when he comes back and I said oh and fuck the Ravens fans who gave this guy a standing ovation during the preseason when he he walked out there which they did Um, and I believe that was when they played my Niners Uh, he walked out on the field for preseason and the Ravens fans gave him a standing ovation now I know only the weekend at Bernie's version of the video where he's dragging the body around was, was available at the time well, what the fuck are these fans who just came off of them giving him, giving them a horrible season, and now dragging his lifeless wife's body around? Why are they standing ovationing this guy like he's a fucking hero and they stand on the side of abuse? Like it, it didn't make any sense to me. I'm like you filthy motherfuckers. So, and I felt it even more so. You know when you actually saw the punch land, but um, so I'm like you know fuck this guy, whatever. There's like. 20 minutes to eh, between a half hour and an hour later. Paul posts this. And this here is is a whole other thing I never saw coming. But, he posts this. Now, I don't know if it was based towards me um, because, you know, he knows I'm a wrestling fan and, and this and this. But it really doesn't matter. His point here is my reason for, for reading this and going over this. He types this. On his page. Um, How the fuck are people going to talk shit about Ray Rice and be a wrestling fan? Do not, and do not is, is in all caps, act like you have ever been disgusted by watching a man beat a bitch's ass in the wrestling ring. Hell, and that's in caps too. A few weeks ago, Candice LeRae got kicked in the face by two dudes with thumbtacks on their boots. There's actually only one dude with thumbtacks on that bleach, but... Uh, Greg Excellent vs. Mia Yim, LaFisto in Cage of Death, Mickey Knuckles in T.O.D., Chrissy Rivera... Uh, I think he said Rivera, but either way. Um, uh, Chrissy Rivera getting power by the uh, scaffold. I can go on. You just say, oh, she's tougher. He protected her just because the circumstances might be predetermined doesn't mean that chick isn't being hurt in the ring so I I responded with so are you disgusted by intergender wrestling or cool with domestic violence like I, I, I had a hard time like gauging which side he was even taking with that ridiculous fucking statement and he responded with, like I said, the circumstances are different by shit being predetermined. How is it different? Because the girl in wrestling match wanted to be hurt by a man, and the girl in the domestic violence case didn't. Ray's wife must not have cared by this happening. She married him after it happened. I don't agree with dudes beating women, period. So, I'm like, what? so, amongst this, uh, he, he listed Greg Excellence who had a phenomenal match with me at EM, which was crazy ladders and all sorts of crazy shit. Nutty. Um, So I, I, I typed, you know, and I tagged Greg, and I said, so are you saying that Greg Excellent is no different than Ray Rice? And he immediately deleted the whole fucking post and posted something on his wall about, like, I deleted that post because I don't want to lose more friends and da 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 da. And I'm like, well, isn't this some pussy shit? And it's like, complete. You know, listen, man. If you you feel some kind of way, you want to post your opinion on something, have at it. Stand by your fucking opinion. Don't post your opinion and be like, man, I hope this other guy doesn't see it, because then I'm just gonna run away from my opinion. Like what? That's retarded. And I think the opinion is retarded because, again, it is predetermined. That is exactly the point, Paul. It's not, it's not, why, because it's predetermined? Yes, stupid, the girl signed up for it. Completely fucking signed up for it. If you're going to go and tell uh, these different women that they can't go and wrestle dudes because you see it as domestic violence, then you're a fucking idiot. You're taken away from something that they want to do in their career. They've decided that they want to go wrestle dudes. And a lot of times, that's the most entertaining matches that I've seen out of females. And why? Because they show that they can hang with the dudes. They, they show that their wrestling ability can match up to anybody, any gender, any size, any anything. And they could put on a credible match with a dude. That's, that's some high-caliber shit. And I've seen it many a time, and I respect it. What Candace went out there and did And took the thumbtack spot and all that That was her decision to do And of course it got her over with the crowd And it is what it is How can you relate that To a guy punching his woman in the face And going, still she's insane That chick whistled the dude And he hit her Like, holy shit, you're retarded That's like saying You know I don't, I don't agree with racism And I don't agree with, you know White people beating up black people. I saw Drew Gulak fight black cheese, and I don't agree with it. I don't care if it's in the wrestling ring or not. Man, he hit him, and he probably probably doesn't like black people. I'll say it. He probably doesn't. He probably, you know? What? But why is it? Because it's predetermined? Why? Why? Is that why? Is that why it's okay? Because it's predetermined when he hit the black guy? I don't think so. I don't agree with that, whether it's in the ring or not. You know how fucking stupid that sounds? Holy shit! Holy shit! That's stupid. So I just I just had to point that out because I that one came out of fucking left field. I didn't think in a million years that I would all of a sudden, out of the Ray Rice scenario, hear somebody saying that it's no different than women wrestling dudes. Holy shit! Oh man, that that's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs>
1: By that, well, that's by the, that, uh, hey, by that rationale. Well that, sorry, by that rationale, it's as if he was married to like Nicole Bess.
0: Yeah, I mean, my God, I, I was really shocked by that. I don't. I, I, I was baffled. I was like, the only thing I could do is because and he's friends with these people he's talking about on Facebook. He's pretty much calling them women beaters because they wrestled chicks. This guy spends. Copious amounts of time at any tournament of death or any any event that Devin Moore is at, hanging around him and fucking trying to be cool with him and, and acting like his best friend, but he's calling Devin Moore a woman beater because he power bombed Chrissy Rivera off of off to the top of the cage of death. Like, I mean, the only way I can even say, give any legitimacy to his comment is if to his his status is if, if there was some kind of legitimate bullying going on backstage where like the only way a woman could be taken seriously is you know, go off the top of cage of death. Otherwise, no one will respect them. Then I could say, look, man, they didn't want to do this. They're being forced into situations they don't they don't want to do. You know, uh, she just wants to be a legitimate wrestler. But in order to really, you know, uh, you know, being taken seriously by any of the boys and, and have any of them even treat her with respect, she needs to come off the top of the cage of death. I, and then I'd say, well, you know, there is a lot of really bad shit going on back there with that. But these are complete decisions, you know, agreed upon by women. I mean, there, there's no, you know, and their decisions are whatever their decisions are, whether you do like it or you don't like it. But And I, I can't recall one time after any one of these matches happened where Paul fucking stood up on the Internet and said, I don't agree with this. These women are being hurt out there, so I don't know where the fuck he attached to a Ray Rice comment and, and then just went went this road, but as soon as he was going to be called on, he be backed right out of those fucking shoes he was standing in. It's amazing. And then it's really weird to me because he's a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan that would look for any excuse to bash the Ravens. So I would just think his natural... Reflex would be go fuck that guy, fuck that guy, make sure he never plays again, just because he's he's a Raven hating Steeler fan. He hates the Ravens as much as I hate the Seahawks. So why would you not just go on the side of fuck that guy forever? He didn't, and and he went on. He said he posted another thing that was uh, you know the uh, what was it? It was like the South Park picture where, uh, you know, they would, they'd say, like, oh, you know, your money and it's gone. Uh, you know, I, I forget what it, the exact initial quote was, but uh, they have the guy sitting at the desk, and it's like, uh oh, here's me giving a shit about Ray Rice, and it's gone, or something like that. And above it, he wrote, these people on uh, CNN, they're actually saying that his wife had no fault in the situation. No fault? I can't watch this shit. So it's like, dude. In that comment, you're trying to say that it was her fault for getting knocked the fuck out. And I know she she put her hands on him and all this shit, but like, you just you can't do this type of thing. That's when you leave the woman. <laughs> That's when you go, okay, this one ain't for me, you know. Or maybe she has a domestic violence charge because she started fucking hitting you in the face, and rather than knock her out and weekend and turnies her back to the room, I, you know. Maybe you take another route. You act like that was his only uh, recourse. And nothing, you know, since then it's been nothing but memes and jokes about the situation as if he's okay with it. It's just strange to me. It, it's just a very strange uh, way of going about it, and his just attitude on it just seems just awkward. I, I don't know. So, uh,. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, Let me see. What else do I have? I have uh, the CZW Dancing with the Stars uh, event, as I like to call it. Uh, Well, it's, you know, DWTS, and it stands for Down with the Sickness, but I've years ago renamed it to uh, CZW Dancing with the Stars that they have every year in September. Um, It is supposed to honor Chris Cash. Um, Well, they say it's supposed to honor all their fallen brothers But it's really the Chris Cash show Um, Chris has been beyond for many, many years now They've been running tribute shows for Chris For longer than he worked in CEW by a long shot Now, no disrespect to Chris Um, You know, tribute, that's fine But, uh, you know, Trent Acid died Trent Acid was a bigger star than Chris could ever be in his life uh, JC Bailey was a bigger star than Chris could ever be. Um, you know, brain damage was a big, big deal. Uh, Larry Sweeney had worked, you know, a, a decent, decent little stretch in uh, in CZW. Uh, yeah, he had a lot of guys like that. And the fact that Trent Ashton can't be honored by CZW because, according to DJ Hyde, well, he didn't die in the best of ways, and our image uh, wouldn't look so good if we, you know, uh, glorified that type of thing, and...
1: Can I jump in there for a second? Can I jump in there for a second? Can I jump in on what you just said for a second? Because um, we did, when Trent died, we did the um, tribute show in association with Wrestling Zoo Uh over at False Count Radio. Um, You know, JT and Mish did it, and I did some work on it and everything. And DJ was on there doing nothing but praising Trent, and now he's saying shit like that. I, th- I just wanted to throw that in there.
0: Yeah, uh, um, That was. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, is you know, he he said that, but the problem with that is then. Last I went to, he ended the tournament of death by immediately saying, "Well, next year." By then, Nick Gage will be out of prison, and you're going to see Nick Gage come right back here on the CZW, a tournament of death. It's like, wait a minute. So you're promoting future events with a guy who's still currently in prison for robbing a bank. But the guy who died in a not-so-great way but was a motherfucking legend in CZW, was one of the biggest superstars CZW ever saw, an indie, you know, an indie icon. Trent Acid was one of the best wrestlers on the indies. Period. He had his demons, obviously. That, that's that's a claim. though but these fucking guys, half of the guys in that locker room, and including DJ, by leaps and fucking bounds, couldn't hold a candle to fucking Trent Acid's ability. And and I'm sorry because I hate to, you know, knock. Chris Cash at all because I don't know have a problem with the dude. He was an extremely entertaining guy. He would do anything for CZW. His passion was over the top. His, um, you know, his enthusiasm, his his energy. I mean, he wanted to go out there and fucking kill himself for those fans. He wanted to be everything CZW was about. That that was Chris Cash. But again, his career held not a candle to what trans- Ask and then we're just like, well, you know, and not to mention from from what I had heard, you know, about Chris Cash's death, the two, him and his friend were on a bike and supposedly fleeing from a cop. Um, now, I don't know if they were directly being chased by the cop or if they had saw a cop and they were trying to dip off. They were leaving the bar. They were um, trying to just, I guess, get back home or get wherever they were going. They T-boned a lady who was coming home from church and killed her, and Chris Cash died in the accident. Now, he wasn't driving the bike, but this is the incident. This wasn't, you know, Chris Cash was fucking, you know, delivering the paper and, you know, a drunk driver fucking... P-boned him into a mailbox.
2: This is uh,
0: not the brightest, most fantastic, flowery situation to begin with. So I don't know why it continually just gets painted like a terrible tragedy, which of course is a tragedy for the dude like that loses his life that young. Know, but it's painted as some kind of, uh, um, you know, victim victimless tragedy that only, you know, only poor Chris Cash had, had suffered this terrible thing but Trent Ashton is fucking left as a villain to the world and we can't talk about him anymore. It's like, that's fucking bullshit. So every year, they try to pretend like, oh, this is for everybody. But it's called Down to Sickness, which was his theme song. They play the theme song. The dude was all about ladder matches. Every year, the main event is a ladder match. Dude, it's a Chris Cash show. It's fine. Don't bullshit. Don't fucking walk circles around it and pretend but how many years are you going to continue to honor a dude that didn't work nearly as long in the company? I mean, we're, we're really just going to do Chris Cash memorials forever? And, and as far as I'm concerned, I think the only reason that it's done that way is because John Zandig was super close to Chris Cash, got the dollar sign tattoo on him when Cash died because Cash was super, super close to his son. And that's DJ's way of fucking blowing him. Because... Even Robbie Marino said He's not booked on the show He was fucking super close with Cash Ruckus isn't booked on the fucking show Ruckus was one of his best friends Robbie Marino said, you know For anybody out there asking about me Going back to CZW It's probably not going to happen Especially because the Chris Cash show Is coming out I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting But, um, uh Especially because the Chris Cash show Is coming up And, um the 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 show was never about Chris. It was always about the cash, and that was one of my friends. And why would I not be booked, and why would Robbie not be uh, Ruckus not be booked if it was really about him and his friends? So I mean, even the people who were close to Chris say, "Fuck this bullshit." You you get a couple people who really did care, and re, you know were close to the guy, and that's fine and they go out there, and they have that, you know, that genuine feeling and that, that tribute, um, you know, that intention of tribute to go out there. But it's, it's overdone at this point. It's just another CCW show that you're trying to draw a house for. There's not, it just, it seems pointless. It seems very pointless, and every year that goes by, that you refuse to pay tribute to fucking Trent Acid who was a bigger fucking star than DJ Hyde would ever be in his fucking life. DJ Hyde claims to know how to be a heel. He doesn't know how to be a heel. He knows how to be a dickhead that fans legitimately don't like. Trent Acid knew how to be a fucking heel. He knew how to piss fucking fans off. He could walk he could he could jog three circles around that fucking ring and continue to stall and stall and stall. He'd go to get the match started. You know, fucking fans would start to get into it. He'd fucking slide back out of the ring and stall more. And then by the end of the match, the fucking fans would be on their feet fucking cheering for what was going on in the match. But he played that chicken shit heel that the fans couldn't wait for fucking guy to get their hands on. Because that he was just being a dick. And when he was face, fucking fans were all about what he was doing. So that's a heel. A heel is not just somebody who is a dickhead and people go, I fucking hate that dickhead. I mean, that's just a dickhead. If a guy who can play a really bad guy and piss all the fans off, but also turn the tables and the fans will like the guy, well then that's clearly a guy who can play a role really well. Because if a guy could never be a good guy in his entire life because the fans don't give a fuck whether he lives or dies, well then then you're not a heel, you're just a dickhead. And there's lots of dickheads in the world. You don't walk up to them and go, hey, you're a fantastic heel. <laughs> that's 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 everybody's task for this week. I want you to walk up to the biggest dickhead you work with and go, "You play a great heel, sir." <laughs> you know, or ma'am. You know, you play you play a really good heel in this company. <laughs> you know, it's just what the fuck. Uh, it just it doesn't make any sense, and it, it pisses me off every year. And it and it's not against Chris Cash. It's it's the, the slap in the face of fucking trent Acid, and, uh, that, that always fucking bothers me, so, like I said, I, I've called it answer with the stars for years because I don't take the event seriously, um, as I, I really don't think anyone should, um, not in, in, that aspect whatsoever, um, now, I think the show has very good potential to be good, um, big, pretty big potential to be good, um, main event being ladder match, three-way for the CCW Tag Team Championships. The Juicy Product are the, are the champions up against the Beaver Boys and Ohio's is for Killers. This three-way is going to be fucking bananas. I mean, it's it's going to be intense, man. You're going to see some crazy shit out of these three. Um, three great teams. So I, I look forward to that. That is, that is worth the price of uh, eye-pay-per-view or, or showing up there. Um, another thing that I don't like, just before I go on with the card, is every fucking time they run some form of big show, they do a doubleheader with WSU. So, they wonder why the fans are dead halfway through the show. They wonder why any segment they try to run, well, partially because their segments are horrible, and, you know, their writing on, on the, uh, the booking of these shows is just fucking... Horrendous. But beyond that, if the fans were there all day, they've already sat through three to four hours of women's wrestling. And now they have to watch your three to four hours of this. And as it creeps towards the 10, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and they've been there since two o'clock, yeah, the fans probably aren't going to be as patient to the building of your match. And I don't understand why, why there's no understanding of that. The people who, who claim to be such fucking professionals at running the company. I don't understand why why there's no there's no knowledge of that. Like, yeah, you know what? They might be completely burnt out. Oh my bad. This one starts at four o'clock. So this starts at four o'clock. C W is supposed to start where is this? Seven thirty. Bullshit. Guarantee you it'll be eight thirty at night and I'm gonna be Staring at my fucking computer screen, waiting for this event to start. Bullshit, seven thirty. So, fucking, we'll see about that. Um, prove me wrong. I would love that because I'm tired of staring at the little fucking wheel on my screen going, "Coming soon," fucking, "Coming right up," fucking, with the same graphic and shitty music playing over and over and over. Oh, and this will probably be the fucking Wah! on my fucking screen for a half hour to an hour that will be a fucking down with the sickness music in, in a, in a loop oh Jesus Christ I could I, I, fucking ears are going to bleed um so anyway then you have an, uh, as they listed huge 8 man tag match you have Drew Gulak versus CZW Legends uh no Drew Gulak and CZW Legends Nate Webb Adam Flash and the Messiah now uh Nate Webb I could be wrong I don't think Has has wrestled In a year or two Um I love Nate Webb I've said it on the show Before The fucking guy Was tremendously Entertaining Very talented In the ring His charisma And his You know His humor Added to it Was always just Really fucking great I can't hear that uh, That Teenage Dirtbag song Without thinking of Nate Webb Because he would come out To that song That entire song Would play Every one of his Entrances He'd walk, he'd, he'd run around the arena, he, he'd have fans giving him piggyback rides, he'd be fucking drinking beers with the fans, he'd be dancing on the bleachers, he'd be down the bleachers, he'd be in the front row laying across people's laps. He got like the entire crowd involved in his entrance while that whole song played every time. When he had that um, Loser Leave CZW match with B-Boys, that was one of the most... Amazing emotional roller coaster matches that I've ever seen in CZW. Um, you didn't know what was going to go on. You had so many false finishes that you legitimately bought into the match. was incredible, and um, you, by the end of the match, you were sad that either one of these guys was going to leave because it was it really invested you in that match. I love that fucking match, and I, I'm just gonna. I, I actually forgot to do the match of the week thing. I'm going to just go out there and put that out there as a match of the week. I fucking forget what show it was on, but uh, you can look it up. If not, if you can't find it, I'll I'll let you know next week what what show that was on so you can go back and watch But Loser League, CZW, Nate Webb versus uh, B-Boy. Phenomenal. But he came out and acoustically played... I believe it was the acoustic, maybe the electric guitar, but in the entranceway played the Teenage Surf bag song and fucking sung the whole thing and all that as his fucking entrance. I mean, the dude just, he brought it. As far as fan involvement, as far as getting people into what what was going to be done, it wasn't just a song playing Walk to the Ring with a fucking indifferent look on your face and wait for the bell to ring. This guy came out there and performed from the fucking song the freaking the end of the match. So I always love Nate Webb, but like I said, having been said that, I I don't know that he's even that fresh as far as having been wrestled recently. I know he's a bartender, and I see him posting more about hey come by uh, first drinks on me more more so than I've seen anything about him wrestling somebody. So I mean, it'll be great to see him, but okay, Adam Flash. I mean, he works some places, he's been around forever, definitely CZW, veteran, I don't know what this legend thing is all about, that's a little steep, I think, Um, but, um, you know, Adam Flash. you know, he's done a lot of different things, and um, been around for a long, long time, okay, and Messiah, he had a, a fantastic run in CZW, in like, 2002, 2003, We are now a decade removed from that. He's a great family man from everything I see. He's wrestled a a couple Cali shows out there, and that's great. But, you know, his focused, and I had him on the show. He was a great interview. I think he's a great dude. I highly respect that guy. But, uh, all right, I mean, are any of these guys going to come back and put on a mind-blowing performance? I don't think any of them are at that point in their life right now. So it's gonna be great to see them, but I mean you could fucking you could put all three of them at a table and have them do some kind of round table shoot interview and I'll probably be more entertained just by the stories than I would them coming out and actually wrestling a match. And then they're up against the front. Who's the biggest piece of shit fucking group of people that I could I could possibly imagine. And I'm not even saying like the people are pieces of shit. But the the faction as a whole, the storyline writing behind it, and they they continue to make it shit. It's Mao Young and a bunch of other fucking dudes that no one cares about. Fifth Music is the champion. Okay, so I I guess if Fifth Music is part of that match, then you have one guy I give a fuck about. And then other guys that I don't know who the fuck or where the fuck they are, uh, Corbis Spear is a piece of shit or Eric Corvus or whatever, he's a horrible wrestler. He was horrible in Jersey All-Pro when he wore Batman gear. He's fucking horrible now. CW doesn't even let him wrestle. Now they're bringing all these guys back that have been gone forever, and now he's going to go jump in the fucking ring.
1: We had one other
0: guy that that did work on the website. I don't know what the fuck he's there for. And then they, they did another one of their classic moves where they're like, all right, we have this group of people, we're going to go get another guy to wrestle in the match instead of just talking about our group. So they went and they got Andy Sumner, a guy who, who was on uh, Yolanda's show over there and um, talked a bunch of shit about you know CGW and how like, he's not interested in doing it anymore and how he went through all this depression and he can't deal with anything and talked some shit about Black Eve and talk some shit about how he can legitimately fight and beat people up. Uh, I I definitely think, like, his new new name should be Andy Come Out Me Bro Sumner um, because he's, he's, like, just fucking man. If I was, like, really fighting these guys, like, you don't understand what my anger could do. This is the same guy that, you know, was on top of the roof at the tournament of death with DJ Hyde, and he was like, I'm scared, man. I'm not doing it, man. I'm scared. And then... uh, DJ's like, I'll take you, I'll take you, man, and, and then they, someone, somewhere, someone called DJ a vet, which is the most ridiculous thing ever, and, uh, so DJ took a little stupid roof bump, but, um, which really wasn't even that great of a bump at all, it was, uh, yeah, but anyway, um, you know, and he went on there, and he's just like, so anyway, like, yeah, like, he was like super fucking emo douche dude, who's like, nice enough, but in the same token, like, I just wanted to do this interview so like people could leave me alone and it's like, first off most people don't even know who the fuck you are you were almost 10 years removed from even wrestling in CZW and how many people just know the whole roster of CZW so there's no almost clamoring you had some people you know pissing Drew off by saying Andy Sumner, and it pissed Drew off because Drew was the guy putting in fucking work month in and month out where Andy Sumner abandoned the fucking business because he couldn't deal with the crowds, and it was too personal for him, and he didn't know how to manage being around people because he's a fucking weird dude. So that's why Drew got fucking pissed, is because the dude was the guy busting his ass and is still sharing for the other guy who doesn't want to be there. You know what I mean? So, uh, the guy who, who is living... You know, the, the actual profession, yeah, should be a little annoyed, uh, you know, by that. So you know, and a part of it, you know, it's a work too. Like he was the heel, so of course he's like, oh, don't chant that guy's name, and you know, playing into it, of course. But um, so you know, and, and he's like, you know, I'm just, and he's like, and I and I created like a Twitter account and stuff, and I just more or less did it for this show, like, so I could put it out there, but. After this, I'm pretty much going to close that. I'm going to disappear. And I just want people to leave me alone. I'm not interested in professional wrestling anymore. And it's like fucking... You know, like this whole bullshit. And now all of a sudden, the front went and hired this guy to come back and wrestle with Drew and all that. it's like, dude, what the fuck? It's so ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So there's, there's that match. Then you have... The Bulldozer Matt Tremont against Lucky 13, which will be all
2: right. Um,
0: Then you have DJI putting himself over once again against Kimberly, who Kimberly has really solidified herself as one of the top women's indie wrestlers. She's going around busting her ass, doing a lot of wrestling dudes, and also wrestling the top chicks on the indies. And, you know, amongst doing that, she's proving herself all over the place, getting over huge with fucking fans. So what does DJ do? He books her against himself because he can't not be involved with anything that's going well. And then when when Kimberly gets over, because that's what she's doing all over the fucking Indies, DJ's going to take credit because I'm such a good heel, that's why she got over. Bullshit. Bullshit. So there's that. Uh, Buck Belmar and Speedball Mike Bailey will team up against uh, Team Tremendous. And uh, I think this is going to be a really good match. I think all four of those guys are really entertaining dudes. Mike Bailey is absolutely fucking amazing. Um, the team tremendous is a really good tag team. A lot of good tag teams, you know, uh, double team maneuvers and like fast paced stuff. Uh, Bucks Belmar, he's just he's got that crazy disgusting gimmick, and uh, you know, on top of that, like he's actually a good wrestler too. So. And I've heard that these guys te- uh, teamed up in IWS in Canada, so they're no strangers to being tag team partners either. Um, that should be a really good match. Uh, and I mean, that that one, between that and the latter match, I think those are probably going to be two of the better matches in the card. Uh, two of them. There's a few more, too. Uh, Pepper Parks vs. Black I I'm not a fan of Pepper Parks I've said it time and time again Something about the dude I just I, I can't get into his fucking matches uh, I just I don't know Like his, his gimmick's really Just annoying to me He has like that Strictness gimmick and shit And I think like you know Uh Nova did the fantastic fitness when he did the Simon Dean thing, and you know, with the with the Dean machine and the fucking Segway and the you know the the gym bag he'd come out with, and I mean that that shit was funny to me and it worked, and you know even being a heel telling people to get in shape like it all worked, and it, to me it was entertaining. Uh, the the way that this guy does it is just fucking annoying. I, I mean. I uh, I take some, you know, happiness in him, you know, fucking calling people out. But in the same token, it's just, eh, it, it, to me, it falls flat. And he's a guy who, again, it's been said before, he doesn't want to be there. He gets an opportunity to be somewhere else, which a lot of these guys would. So I, I can't even just put that on him. But um there's a lot of guys that use CZW as like a stepping stone. And if they get something else, they'll never fucking come back there. That's just. This just is what it is. But I I don't know. I don't even take that as personal. It's just that something about him is never really connected with me. He's annoyed me. They played, they played out storylines with him that went absolutely nowhere. They were like that that teaser storyline where you really didn't get a match, and it went on for three months, and then he went away for three months. And I was like, what the fuck? Did that even, why did you waste my fucking time with in-ring segments and promos and shit? If all you were going to do is pay off by him going and wrestling somewhere else. It's just so stupid. Um, an open challenge Alexander James versus question marks. Open challenge. I hope those question marks are a wood chipper because I can't stand this fucking guy and and I would like him gone. Uh, Papa Don will address this the, the combat zone
2: because
0: you need reason for the fans to shit on this after many, many hours of sitting in front of uh, both Women's Wrestling and the rest of this show, you need Papa Don to further bore the crowd because I I don't feel he has any value to that show at all. Uh, I said it in the past, I just, I don't see the reason for bringing on him, I think he's a mediocre talent, I don't think he, he brings any excitement to the table. I just I don't think he adds anything to the card. But they've decided that he is now going to be uh, a big personality who's going to have segments and everything else. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, big plus here is Homicide Returns, and he's going to call out Joker. And uh, him versus Joker is going to be fucking great. Uh, that, that's going to be good. Those two are going to tear it up. That's another big, big reason to... Uh, to watch this show, and also, you know, put out there as well, next week's guest will actually be Homicide, returning to the show for the first time after, you know, a couple of years, Um, he's actually going to be, you know, missing some of his Yankee games, so everybody's got to, you know, you know, thank Homicide for his time, because uh, he doesn't do that for everybody, you know, we had to do a little negotiating for him to miss a little bit of those Yankees, That's I yeah, you know, as always, I'll have to bust these balls about some Giants. But I know, I already know Homicide's going to tell me you don't talk about football until after baseball. So, uh, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But Homicide's a great dude. Uh, you know, i known him for years. He's always a great dude. Absolute veteran in the business. He's been through so much. And I'm looking forward to having him back on next week. That's going to be great times. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, you know, the lineup there. Uh, You know, a couple other things I'm sure they'll throw in there I'm sure another segment from Phil Stamper And his uh, fantastic way with words I'll have to shit on that next week Uh, I'll have a full review of this this next week Hopefully next week I'll also review If I do get around to it Because I know it's cringeworthy To uh, at least one person who listens out there If not more but, uh, Kevin Steen actually did a Kevin Steen show, and his guest was Gabe Sapolsky. So there's that, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's worth a watch to me, and, uh, <laughs> I know a certain friend of mine who's gonna have a hard time watching that same thing, but, um, yeah, so... Maybe I'll review that as well, so we'll see what goes on there. Um, I'm going to play my other song, take that other break. We'll come back. We'll talk some football. Take
2: this song. Hey, yo, hey, yo. Yo, we mighty show youngin' it, in it Straight from the jungle, my brother My niggas, banana, Republican Ring-a-Tang, slang, Chewbacca, not rocker Two socks full of rock, cause the cops watch us. Yo, we smoke
3: weed, pop pills, drink liquor We do the knowledge, read lessons, think quicker My little niggas singin' at the can't wax Fuck you, Paul, you can't rap. Listen, let it be known Step in the road, cutters, led to the throne I'm the motherfuckin' king, getting half from this hole In the hood, Louis, New Jersey, the J. Williams. Drinking am still like shooting that clay pigeons. That niggas is straight in the kit with the rap. My niggas is straight midges, delegates on their back. Yo. You kidding me, dude? Walk around like that, you ain't strapped. Give me your loot. Show Show 'em something like a motherfucking phenomenon. Eat your food at noon. Celebrating Ramadan. Yo, big ball bearing baboons with big bucks, the rulers with cash, nigga. Big bucks. African heard African ape stacking the pipes. I put some crack in your steak. Don't be slapped in the face. a ringa chain gang banging with that purple flag. Puffin is nothing to hurt you bad. I am boot camp for life. Deceptive, half the force, magnet. You know who you coming. get. Benjamin uh-huh. Banneker, Africa, Bandada, Boom Bap, Bitch, Yeba, Do the Obligada. You think you're nice, but I know somebody hotter. With a crackhead mother and a piece of shit father. <clears throat> Niggas trying to free Mummia, I'm unravelin' gold threads. Tryin' to free this Reaper, got a boot camp hat on, blue wear shirt, front basket, flex gloves, looking like a fucking jerk. No money, clothes, bummy, me no runny. Bent metro card, full full blow dummies. Hop on the train. And Front of the cops. Poppin' their brain confronting the cops. Stay in the facts, no hating your wax. Throw the eight to your back and then escape with your traps. Listen, my niggas is back. You don't believe me though. Playing games and you caught, cocoa, leave me yo, hot bees and butter, cops treat butter. No we did not need it, public yellow. I wanted the best, she wanted the
2: worst. Gun on your chest, blood on your shoulders, selling the serpent and yellow. Big ball babble, babble with the big bucks. You brothers, the with gas, nigga, big buck. Uh-oh. African apes, you're stacking the pace. I put some cracking your stake, don't be slapping the face. Uh-oh. I bring a change game, bangin' with that purple flag. Puffin is up in the hurt you bag. I'm boocam for life. Except it has the four smack nigga never again. Silver back, gorilla, nigga. Baffle raps out to throw two holes in the black moon track. Like, eh? I you
3: get Beware, beware, beware,
0: Alright, actually before we get into the NFL thing um, I actually had Andrew pull a clip Because I saw it earlier today Mike Tyson was on uh, TV station uh, TV show, like a You know, news show type of thing Little interview segment With uh, somewhere in Toronto And he was you know promoting his one man show Which I have still yet to watch I've heard it's very, very good um, But who does not love Mike Tyson interviews And apparently, you know I've heard over the past, I want to say year, two years, three years maybe, um, a much more mellow and cooperative Mike Tyson. And I think it's partially because a lot of the people who've interviewed him, you know, Howard Stern, Adam Carolla, the people who I listen to, are respectful with Mike. They know how crazy Mike's been in the past. They tread lightly, and they know that shit can go bad if he fuck with Mike Tyson. So they never went there with him, but Tyson didn't, you know, he never leaned in an aggressive direction. So I think it's, it's, you know, definitely Mike Tyson calming down quite a bit, but also the other one not trying to bring it out of him. And this interviewer, I guess, you know, had had a little, uh, you know, bravery there. And he, you know, he kind of, you know, went at the, the rape thing and said something, oh, something about, it, you know, well, oh, don't you think that's going to hurt the mayor's chances if, uh, you know, he's being endorsed by a convicted rapist? You know, and he said something about, like, people are saying that, and he's like, I don't think people are saying that. I'm hearing you say that. That's all I'm hearing. And he just, he just fucking went off. That was it from there. And, uh... I uh, had you play it, but I thought it was hilarious.
1: How awesome would it be if his opponent was, uh, endorsed by Desiree Washington?
5: <laughs> well, he joins us right now with his promoter, Alex, thanks for joining us, both of you. I'll start with yourself, uh, many are wondering how did that happen, this meeting with, with the mayor? I have no idea. It's my fault again. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, he is the mayor of the city, Mike Tyson is here to promote the first ever performance in Canada and when I had Sugar Ray Leonard come to Montreal to launch the book we went to the mayor's office, we're here, it's an habit. we go see well, the mayor. And this is the first time probably in the history of Toronto where the mayor is bigger than those the whole city and you know, he's the biggest celebrity than anybody in the city everybody wants to see the mayor and um he's a really uh, dynamic character right so that you, you read up on him you sort of follow. follow no, him i didn't read up on him i watched him on television right you know the i mean in yeah. the states and you know he's a big oh I man he's a big hit in the states big hit now some of your critics would say you know there's a race for mayor we know you're a convicted rapist this could hurt his campaign how would you respond to that hey um i don't know who said that you don't even want to say that you know what i mean and I don't have no comment to that, you know, because it's negative, and you're being negative, and I, 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 met, I met the mayor, right. and nothing they can do about it. We actually had a really good time. We, we, we talked about George Travallo, who's a legend in your city, great man, with whom Mike spent quite a bit of time yesterday talking about his... Life highs and lows. So interesting. Can you come across like a nice guy, but you're really a piece of shit? Hey, with that come comment, on. No, on, nah, that was a piece of fuck you. That was a piece of shit. You know, we're we're doing we're doing live TV. Hey, I don't care. What are you going to do about it? All right, you got a, you got a show that you're doing tonight. We are. You know, A lot of people. We are. Where? There's raw and it's the real. Truth. Yeah, a lot of people will the be there to see your show. Just tell us a bit about it. Um, a, you know. It speaks for itself. Everyone saw the show. All right. It's a Broadway production. It went to Vegas. It went to actually 28 cities in the United States. And we're really, really proud to bring it here. And we're actually going to Monaco on October 9th. We're going to be in Monte Carlo. Right. Is it nerve-wracking for you to do something like this, or is it more n- nervous for you to box? How does it compare? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's more nerve-wracking to be here, is talking to a rap piece of shit like you. Oh, come on, Mike. Not because you're a
2: piece
5: of shit. All right, really. That's we're gonna we're, we're, we're gonna. We're gonna wrap up this interview. Thank you for. Thank you for coming in. Fuck <laughs> you.
1: I love Mike. You gotta love it.
0: Well, thank you for coming in. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a new number one atop the uh, bad sports interviews. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard uh, if you ever heard when Alonzo Morning was on Jim Rome, uh, like right in the height of him running the Kidney Foundation, and he came on, and so like Rome came, was like, hey, so you know about your career, you know, because everyone knows if you're gonna promote something, you got to talk about, you know, what you're known for, and all that shit, and so uh, Alonzo Morning came on, and Jim Rome's like, hey, so you know you were drafted in, and he just interrupts him, he's like, no, I'm not talking basketball, I just want to plug my Kidney Foundation and get out of here, and he's like. Go ahead and plug it. And he does, and he's like, have a good day. So like, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I was like, what a yeah, big move, move
1: to say, like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to talk about my career. Just let me plug what I need, and, that, and I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, you definitely run something wrong, and uh, I, just, I just thought I was hilarious, and... <laughs> just even continuing the interview also while the guy just told you a rap piece of shit And going well so tell me about the
1: show and like you were saying earlier too like he probably heard him on Stern and Corolla and whatever else he did I think he did Opie and Anthony and all that kind of stuff but like he thinks oh well Stern can I can be like I could be like Stern or I could be like Opie and Anthony or whoever he did and it's like you know it's a live TV interview too it's not like an uncensored format too where he he can do say what you want, but you know it, he he definitely doesn't seem to know do many interviews on that show.
0: Yeah, I I think yeah, like you're saying, it just kind of took his kindness for weakness and probably hurt you know the softer side of Mike over the past couple of years. And yeah. said, oh, I'm just gonna go at him with his right thing That bad, that
1: that that badass guy that'll turn up the snap of a dime. Uh, he, he's still there, you know.
0: Yeah, I. I didn't know how the clip was going to end because it just happened today and I hit play on this thing and I'm waiting for him to jump across the couch because, you know, just getting out of the gym, I could have, you know, two minutes later read another article saying how he was arrested in Toronto. You know, (laughs) very well could have happened, but uh, I don't know. (laughs) Thinking earlier, Tyson definitely would have jumped across the couch as well as telling him what he felt.
1: Oh, Oh, hell yeah. Well I I tell you what though, man, Mike's the best soundbite in the business. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely. Is. Um so yeah, at football I was absolutely thrilled, uh to to have the football back. Uh Thursday was the first game with the Seahawks and the Packers and uh you know, the Seahawks just went out there and just controlled the game. Um, early on, it seemed like somewhat of a contest, and it got out of hand pretty quick. The Seahawks just dominated. You know, Wilson threw for two touchdowns. Lynch ran for two touchdowns. It was just just out of control pretty quick. Um, you know, I I don't think the Packers are the best strong of a team. I just don't. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Nothing nothing gonna change that. But they're not a well-rounded team. They're just not. You
1: nope. Know, no.
0: Um, then you know coming off of that uh, going into Sunday there was the uh, the Saints and Falcons you know big divisional situation there and that thing went to overtime and uh, yeah that was definitely uh, you know a thriller you had uh, Breeze throwing for 333 yards Ryan throwing for 448 yards and three touchdowns I didn't expect that type of play out of that Ryan yeah. Something else.
1: And probably a lot of people in fantasy benched him because you weren't expecting something like that out of him. In most leagues you're gonna you're gonna no, get you get and most leagues you can get Matt Ryan as a backup.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ah, yeah. Drew Brees. Uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, it worked out, though. So, you know, he didn't do bad. That's for sure. But uh, I would have routed the three touchdowns being throw by Drew.
1: You crushed me. Know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I won one out of my two uh fantasy games. Uh I had the one league so I was playing you and then the other one and uh, I lost the other one. It was getting close but uh yeah, it didn't do fantastic. But yeah, I I did quite well in the in the one I played you in, especially having uh, you know, uh, a good lead with Megatron still to play, I was yeah. like, Oh man. I mean, we were for two touchdowns in we, the first quarter.
1: We were staying pretty close until four o'clock and then your three niners just fucking raped me. Yeah. And with Cap Kaepernick um, Kicker and the defense. They just dominated that game from start to finish and uh uh yes. <laughs> that was ugly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um and uh, Yeah, the Vikings and the Rams. Uh, the Rams, I really expected this type of outcome. The Rams have a very tough defense, but, I mean, you just can't remove the starting quarterback. I mean, the team completely relied on him, you know, Bradford to, to lead them somewhere. I mean, if that team was going to go somewhere, it was going to be on the quarterback's back. And he was, he's out for the season. There's no way a team just just <clears throat> comes into the game, and, and is a competitive team with their backup quarterback. I, I just can't see it happening. By the end of the game, their backup quarterback was out. So kind of to be expected. Uh, the Vikings, you know, Adrian Peterson running the ball, you know, ran for 100 yards. Um, Patterson is awesome. I mean, he's, he's continuing to impress. And, you know, he's going to be another one of those weapons. Um, the Castle didn't have a, you know, terrible game. And, uh, yeah, they have a long, long way to go, uh, St. Louis. With with a backup quarterback, you could pretty much take them out this year, especially in the league, you know, in the division with the Niners, the Seahawks, and even the Arizona Cardinals, who a lot of people are, you know, making these bold predictions that they're going to somehow make the playoffs, even in that division, which is, you know, I mean, a tough go, but they're a decent team. Um, The St. Louis Rams don't stand a chance this year.
1: Uh, no they. I don't think they said a whole lot of one to begin with And then without Bradford There's just no way Because like you said You install an offense in your off season Where you're planning a certain quarterback to be there Who is the leader of your team essentially And then you lose them in the preseason And you just can't catch up
0: Yeah mm-hmm. um, Yeah the Steelers and the Browns um, The Steelers ended up winning this game down the stretch I just uh, well, that wouldn't have happened. I'm not a Steelers fan, and uh, I honestly cheer for the Browns. I'm not a Browns fan, per se, but I do cheer for the Browns. They're kind of that underdog, and I- I've seen them kind of being on the rise the past couple of years. Their defense has been pretty competitive, not as much this game. Um, Robertsburger actually looked really good. For a guy who I considered to be one to two years before he was either a backup or out of the league, he slimmed down and he played a lot more mobile. He played good fucking football out there, 365 yards, a touchdown. He was moving around a lot, Uh, a little bit of the Roethlisberger of old, and I didn't expect that. Uh, Hoyer had a decent game who I honestly expect to remain starting quarterback for that team uh, for a while. I think is a good quarterback I, I don't think he's He's bad I know they got Johnny football That'll sell tickets and everything But uh, I think is an actual Serviceable quarterback And if they get a flow going Which They actually did last year And then he got knocked out And then Brendan Whedon just Completely shot the season in the face But um
1: This game had you know, the uh, highlight This game had the highlight of the week When uh Uh The, the uh the Browns' uh, kick returner kick the uh, punter in the face.
0: Yeah, yeah, when the stealer you the kick, the uh, Browns kicker. <laughs> um, was awesome. That was something else. I, I cannot it. believe the guy has not been suspended. Uh, I, I think that's as, as blatant and violent of a move as you can pull off in football, and I... I'm really shocked that he hasn't been suspended. I don't know I don't know that I've even heard that a fine has been handed down just yet.
1: No now. no, I mean maybe they ruled it as an accident, but it sure didn't look like an accident to me.
0: Yeah, that was that was blatant as shit.
1: He got unsportsmanlike sure conduct he got an unfortunately like conduct flag on that play, but
0: Oh yeah, he got flags, but, you know, uh, yeah. I mean I can see if there was some attempts where it looked like he was trying to hurdle the guy. And um I think that was his explanation for it. He was trying to make a football move and then just kinda got stuck in the air with not a lot more to do. But he drove that guy's head down and didn't even fall. You know. He uh you know, kind of Seth Rollins curb stomped that guy and fucking <laughs> so kept running. Yeah. <laughs> Shit it was fucking ridiculous. Oh uh, man, yeah, yeah. I I really expected a suspension, at least the game suspension for Walker. Man, he that looked like it had bad intention. He told the game, he told the guy after the game, "Oh, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't mean it." Da 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 da. And it's all forgiven, but I it looked like it had bad intentions behind it. So, you know, what can you do? Um, next game you had the Eagles beating the Jaguars 34-17. I was pleasantly surprised and happy at the start of the game, and uh, that, that took a bad turn. Um, they were, the Jaguars were up 17 nothing, I believe, and uh, I was very happy. I hate the Eagles with a passion. So uh, I was like, holy fuck. And not only that, um, Alan Hearns, who's, I believe, a rookie over there, scored both of the Jaguars' touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, uh, some really awesome catches there too, and, uh, you know, 110 yards, two touchdowns. During the game, seeing this, I went and I signed him on both of my fantasy teams. Uh, you know, I had a guy to wave so I could take off this guy, because I feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars don't have a ton going for them, so you get a young wide receiver like that that can put up big plays and consistently do it to the, to the tune of two touchdowns early in the game, I have a feeling this is going to be their go-to guy. And, um, you know, because like I said, it's not like you have to, you know, climb a whole lot of the depth chart in order to be a go-to guy in Jacksonville. Uh, I think he can be their guy. He could pull off some, you know, some big plays there. they're able to play a longer game with that same type of uh, – you know, start that they had there, they could be competitive. I mean, the Eagles were able to come back and shut them down. They 17 nothing. That was the only 17 points they scored, 34 unanswered points. The Eagles won the game. But, um, you know, I, I think the Eagles have a lot to worry about because if you're letting Jacksonville Jaguars put you down 17 nothing, a team with an actual offense, such as the Colts who they're going to be playing, um... Yeah, I got to give the Eagles real, real, real big problems. I, I so, had yeah, that, that's
2: good.
1: I had money on the Eagles in that game, and the line was about ten and a half points, so I was glad to see them uh, come back. I also had the uh, Browns uh, beating the spread of five and a half, so uh, those both worked out for me with those uh, bad comebacks. Yeah,
0: um, actually, speaking of betting, um, I, from what I'm hearing. Uh, sports betting is going to be legalized in New Jersey, in Atlantic City, and um, that's going to spell trouble for me, because I'm not the biggest gambler in the world, but I fucking love me some football, so I I think that that would definitely spell, you know, going to Atlantic City, you know, putting 100 on a game, and fucking sitting there super hyped into a game, watching the game, and, uh, you know, maybe going home with a little more
2: cash. Uh,
0: I, I could definitely see that in my future. Uh, no, I think it'll probably take a year or two to, you know, process before they get it through, but they got casinos dropping left and right in Atlantic City. It's actually pretty sad. Yeah. Um,
1: well, Atlantic Chris City, too, is kind of, if you take the casino area out, Atlantic City is kind of a shithole.
0: Hell, yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you can, you can't say the same thing for Vegas. I mean, yeah, uh,
1: exactly, yeah. It's just desert, yeah. <laughs> but they're but they're putting you know in Maryland they're putting a lot of casinos in too and like Baltimore and the outlying areas too like they they just put in a Harris, I think right in the city of Baltimore, which again Baltimore's yeah. a really <laughs> shitty city.
0: <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, I um I don't know I I think Atlantic City needs a lot more attraction. Um, they have the casinos, they have places to spend your money, that's fine. They have your concert inside the casinos, that's that's fine. Your, your comedy shows, that's fine. But I think as an overall town, like walking around it, getting the big buzz and getting everybody into the different things that's going on, I think Atlantic City needs more of an attraction as a town. I mean, even... Uh, you look at, like, I think they have an MGM supposed to break ground at some point. What are you talking about? You could be wrong on that. Point. What are
1: you talking about? they got plenty of hookers walking around.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's not <laughs> that Yeah, they're and, not an attraction. and they're not attractive, hookers like Vegas. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, there's a lot not going for them on that end. Um, so, but, uh... I had heard, I thought they had an MGM Grand uh, possibly breaking ground or, or talks about that, which I think is a very attractive building. Uh, you know, having to tie in with the, the Lions and the different things that they add to their attraction definitely brings in a little more. Um, they need, like, a, you know, you're not going to just uh, go and get a, you know, Siegfried and Roy or anything like that, but, like, those type of acts, that's a regular thing They don't have as many regular acts There's, you know, Vegas acts You can go and see That they play every week You know, that's, that's That person's profession is every week That dude plays at such and such You know And uh, So yeah, I think that adds a lot to
2: The uh, the aura
0: of, of the town And because you know, you can have someone that goes to Vegas, comes back with a story, and oh man, when you're out there, you got to see this show. Well, that show's going to be there the next time you go.
1: Yeah, plus so, you plus you go to Vegas, and like, not that it's this is my kind of music, but like Britney Spears has a residency out there. Like once a month, she's doing a show there. You know, so there's mm-hmm. uh, there's stuff like that going on. Yeah, exactly, and uh,
0: you know. That, that those type of things definitely bring back repeat customers. They did some shit with um, it was like a free concert on the beach with uh, I think it was Blake Shelton, or something. Uh, the the guy who was because I had to look up what the fuck it was and, and I don't know anything about country music and it was something that I, I saw the video and I remember laughing and making fun of the video because the song is literally says like talking about girls and talking about trucks. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's got to be fucking kidding me. Like the guy is sitting there at a party, and he's like, you know, fucking talking about trucks, fucking country, country like, music, man.
1: He's gotta be that's fucking the, kidding me. That's the was, uh,
2: that was like a smash hit.
1: That's the track. of country <laughs> music. That's the track. of country music is uh, trucks, girls, and dogs.
0: Yeah, but that's like that's like the stereotypical like. Make fun of country music. All they do is do this. And the guy literally has the chorus talking about just that. So, uh, I don't know. But supposedly, uh, you know, he's a big star. And no shit, he's a big star. Uh, they had that beach packed, like well over a million people on the beach. Uh, it brought in um, just tons of money, even though it was a free concert, tons of money to Atlantic City because shit, they were on the beach. You know, and they were there.
1: People got to get hotels and shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you know, you got a million people there, and each one of them spent ten dollars. I mean, you could do the math. That's big money for that city. Yeah. So, um, you know, different things like that do help, but they need more constant entertainment. And uh, you know, showboat's gone. Uh, Trump uh, Trump Plaza, I think, is gone or going to be gone. Uh, Revel, they just built that shit a couple years ago. They got a brand new building. I, I, I'm not a frequent, frequent AC guy, but, you know, it's like half hour, 40 minutes from my house, so, uh, you know, I've gone there, you know, a good amount of times, and I haven't even been there since they built Revel, and Revel's closed. So, (laughs) (laughs) fucking... And, I mean, they're saying that, you know, someone's going to buy it or someone's going to do something and it'll wind up reopening. But that motherfucker is still, you know, crispy and fresh, and that bitch is closed. So I, you spend a billion dollars on, on a building and, and a whole thing like that and then just shut the doors. Jesus. I mean, that's, that's some pretty bad stuff there. So, you know, but sports betting could definitely bring some uh, some life back for sure, and it'll definitely attract my ass out there because, uh I have a little more confidence in uh, my sports knowledge, and I have no confidence in any card games because I'm not a card guy. Um, you know, they could uh, they could be better at cards than me. But if I just feel like I know something about a game, it's gonna either be or it's not. You know, it's not gonna be the house just knowing more about football. It's, you know, I played the spreads and you know did the whole pools and. I've seen things fall my way and against my way, and at least it's up to the, the nature of the game. Uh, which, actually, this week, uh, in my picks pool, which uh, I would have won won the $85 entry fee, so it would have been free entry for me, I lost uh, this week by uh, three points. So the Arizona Cardinals just needed to cover by three and a half, and they won by eight points. So, fantastic. Um then you had the uh, Raiders and Jets and uh, the Jets got the win there Um, I think Geno Smith is definitely doing his thing there you know he's 23 for 28 pretty accurate 221 yards a touchdown Uh, I think he's looking good there he's looking confident Um, I don't think unless you know barring an injury there might be some trick plays I think they tried once um but you're not going to see a lot of uh, you know play out of the dog killer if uh, Smith continues to play the way he does. And uh, good for them.
1: To, to be the fair, guy. To to be fair, it was the Raiders too. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was the Raiders. But and I honestly think Chris Johnson's going to prove a lot this year too because uh, he's kind of being chalked up as a bust after having that phenomenal year and then just not performing to that caliber on Tennessee and. um you know, now he's there, and, and this is this is the era of the one-two punch running back
1: duo. And
0: and you got Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson there, and uh, I, I think the two of them are going to kind of you know bang out. And uh, Chris Johnson has a lot to prove because Ivory's right there. He's a younger dude, and he could take that starting spot. He had a great game with a hundred yards. Ivory did, and uh, Johnson is, is still going to be an asset. He's a you know, he's a vet in the league at this point. Uh, and, and I think, you know, he still has something left in him to really do something. So those those two, I think, are going to be a decent running game for the Jets, uh, minimally. So we'll see. The Jets' favorite thing to do is to screw their fans over by midseason. So at least the first <laughs> half of the season they should be able to do something. Um, You've got the, uh, the Bengals and the Ravens. And uh, the Bengals uh, won that game. And uh, that's, that's normally not, the Ravens usually don't open the season with a loss, especially I think they were at home. Uh, yeah, they were at home. And, uh, you know, Flacco put up some numbers, uh, you know, yardage-wise, about 35 for 62. Uh, he seemed very sloppy, out of sorts, and uh, just frazzled.
1: Yep Did you see any of that game? Uh, not a whole lot I didn't really see much of it So, I can't really comment Oh,
0: okay Um, but yeah
1: That's, uh AJ Green got me some good fantasy I points I know that Yep,
0: yep <laughs> Yeah, I had him, so Let me see I got here. Go. Your... Okay Uh, so I'm definitely gonna Check back as far as Homicide next week You've got TNA, So, uh He's gonna check back with me Friday. Let me know what goes on when he gets the email over there. So things should be good. He should be able to work something out. But yeah, he's got TNA, so uh, we'll see what goes on. Either way, we'll get him. Um, Then uh, you had the Bills beating the Bears, and uh, another OT game You start out the season, and. uh, what do you
1: feel about that one, your, your Bears fan? It was ugly, man. Uh, I, I'm of the opinion that that was like a uh, dedicating the game to Ralph Wilson sort of thing, uh, because, I mean, the Bears played pretty well. Cutler had good good yardage, so Forte played well. Um, like I said last week, too, this is the first time probably ever that the Bears' offense is better than their defense, and the defense didn't, you know, they, they missed a lot of plays. Um, it didn't quite work out their way. Uh, but I would have liked to see them pull it off in overtime because uh, I'm not expecting to win this weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, would have to agree with you there, just out of yeah. bias. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, like I uh, like 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 if I, if I really thought that they would win this, I would, I would say that. But I know for a fact they probably won't unless you know they happen to just pull off some amazing shit. Which isn't entirely out of the realm of possibility, but I'm not betting on it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, like I was convinced, of, like from watching Cutler last year, like they were, the Bears were marching downfield, uh, down by three in the, late in the fourth quarter, and I turned to one of my friends. I said, "Watch this, Cutler's going to drive down to like the ten yard line and throw a pick." And I mean, they got the uh, they got the field goal to go into overtime, but they just they just blew it in overtime.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I you know, I, I definitely look at Cutler as another Tony Romo, and uh just always kind of felt that way about the dude. And, you know, he has his, his flashes, and, you know, uh, people will give him a lot of credit at, at times, but I just kind of think he's the guy who's not going to fully get it done. Yeah. Then, uh, you had the Texans at the, and the Redskins. The Texans beating the Redskins. Uh, Clowney getting hurt. Uh, He's out for I think six weeks or something. Uh, bad, bad start for them. Um, you know their defense is is pretty tough, and you know JJ J. Watt did a lot back there. But you know it sucks to uh, lose Clowney that uh, that quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And. Um but but that defense, JJ Watt with that new big deal, played uh, played well. Um, the Redskins is like I've I've said from the beginning, and I'll probably always say it that I think RG three ultimately will be seen as a flash in the pan. He's just he's not all that good in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I mean
0: I, I disagree because of you know what he was able to do in his rookie season. And I think he can get back into that form. It's going to have to take them letting him loose. They're being too protective of him right now because of what happened in his rookie season. But the way that RG three is going to be effective—if he's going to be affected—is letting him effective is letting him loose. And I think they're scared to do it. But that's—it's it's, going to be sink or swim with him. And if they're able to do that and just pull the leash off, which you know might be. I don't know if it's going to be too late by the time they actually do that, but uh, that's, that's where he's going to be effective if he is. Yep. Um, the Titans beat the Chiefs. Uh, this this was kind of scary to me because the Chiefs just didn't look solid. Uh, the Chiefs were a team who was head-to-head with Denver last year. They were undefeated for a good stretch of the year and just, just unstoppable. Their defense was very... Uh, very diligent and very hard to uh, get through. The Titans were able to put up 26 points on them. The Chiefs weren't able to score more than 10. I, I worry about this Chiefs team. I wonder if they're going to snap back into form or if this is more or less what we're looking at with the Chiefs at this point. Um, uh, Alex Smith, uh, I believe, led the team in rushing with 36 yards off of six, uh, six runs. Oh. That's not a good thing.
1: Yeah, all oh, those uh, Jamal Charles uh, fantasy owners are a little uh, a little upset right now. Yeah,
0: if Jamal Charles can't outrun Alex Smith, uh, we got big problems in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, so, uh, and I was looking at the um, the lines this week, and uh, like, and they're getting no respect because they're getting Denver. Uh, minus 13 and a half, or Denver's get, getting 13 yeah. and a half, so, I mean, mm-hmm. they're giving, they're like, they're Vegas is not, under the opinion, that, that could have potentially been a fluke week.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely not good, um, let me see, uh, next game, we had the Patriots and the Dolphins, and I, I called this one. I picked the Dolphins to win, and they won. Uh, they won 33-20 pretty convincingly. Um, like I said, you can't count the Patriots out, but they're not the Patriots of old. They're not the super-dominant, you know, uh, in a crusher windpipe while you're down Patriots. Um, they're, they're fighting, but a younger team, such as the Miami Dolphins, playing at the right form, can pull out the win, and I expected them to do this I thought it was a big statement to start out this season with a win against the Patriots. These division teams, uh, the AFC East and the NFC East, for some reason, those two divisions, it's pretty much anybody's team when they play each other. Uh, Even when the Patriots were at their very best, any given game the Jets could have pulled a win off of them. The Jets wouldn't come near the playoffs, but they could sneak a win, or the Dolphins could sneak a win, or the Bills could sneak a win. Just seemingly, those games are very big toss-ups. The, the Jets or the Dolphins or the Bills might play their best game of the entire season against one of those other teams and then never reach that potential the rest of the year. So it's it's never to be counted out to see one of those surprise wins out of those guys the way I've seen things for the past, you know, good amount of years. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Moreno Marino, he really showed up. Um, a lot of people, you know, criticized him after an injury and said a lot of, uh, you know, Peyton Manning made Sean Marino and without his passing offense, Sean wouldn't even be an effective running back. They pretty much, you know, counted him out. And, you know, he was still able to be very effective, 134 yards, touchdown. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of truth to that because you see what Monty Ball is going to do over there in Denver, and I think, obviously, that passing offense can only help a running back, but um, I don't know if Moreno was a non-factor at all, so, um, you know, it's good, he's, he's putting in work over there and able to uh, still contribute, uh, yep. and I have him on one of my teams, so, uh, that's good, um, the Panthers beat the Bucs. And uh, I I was surprised by this because with no Cam Newton in the game, uh, they were able to still beat the Bucks. I, I think that's really bad news for the Tampa Bay Bucks. They had a you know their experimental phase last year with Revis. Uh, it was like a one and done. And uh, I just don't think their defense is that uh that strong. If you're you're talking about a backup quarterback walking in the game and falling a win on you in the division game.
1: Yeah. Um I still don't you know, the the bucks are kind of a weird thing Because they don't really seem to have a whole lot of weapons but they they've improved over last year, but you know, it's a tough division too, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah it is it is pretty tough. And um so w we'll see how it shakes out. Um but yeah, without Cam Newton that's 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 bad money to take that loss. Next game up, you had my 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. I couldn't have been happier with this, man. Going into the game, and we had a stronger first half than we had a second half. But going into this game, everyone was counting us out. Um, you know, Some people might have picked us for this game, but they had us down as a team. They, I heard several people were viewing or uh, previewing us. As uh, how we were going to be this season, and even going as far as saying the Niners aren't going to make the playoffs this year because uh, Navarro Bowman is out till midseason, Alden Smith is suspended till midseason, uh, we lost Dante Whitner, um, you know, some some key injuries there, and uh, guys that are out for this reason or that reason, and we're just we're just not going to be the team we were. Um, defensively and we're just there's just no way that we're going to add up to what these other teams are. So Arizona's going to step in and take our spot because they're an up-and-coming team and they're playoff bound and this and this. And I'm just like I, I can't believe these fucking people are, are so quickly counting us out. There's people starting their bullshit rumors saying Harbaugh is already losing the locker room. Get the fuck out of here with this horseshit. Because Harbaugh's contract is going to be up next year. Everybody's speculating, oh, he's going to be out of there next year. What are you talking about? His record has been awesome in San Francisco. He has a far winning record. Uh, I just, I don't understand the ridiculous. It's just, I guess, you know, people want to criticize for the sake of criticizing before anything has even happened. There wasn't a ball snap yet, and they already had us, you know.
1: Uh, you know At Like 6 and hours. 10 or something Yeah that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard
2: Yeah So uh,
0: that, that's what it was and First drive of the game Fumble coughed up Ball fucking that's it You know next thing you know I Ran it back for a touchdown Fucking 7 Boom Now now Okay now you get the ball back again The Cowboys still can't get it done uh, And defensively We're just doing the same hard hitting shit we're, we're up in them completely Fucking Cap throws two touchdowns to Vernon Davis Like bam, bam, touchdown, touchdown We're intercepting the ball all over the place We're all over Romo I mean You couldn't tell that there were defensive starters Not on that field I mean It it, it would be a surprise to anybody If you didn't know anybody You know, was playing or not playing To say, hey, you know They're, they're down like big defensive starters right now right? I mean your shit was under control. Uh, Vic Fangio is a fucking fantastic defensive coordinator. I mean, he has shit completely under control, and he, his defensive schemes and his mind for defense is just amazing. And that's that's a good part of what makes that defense so strong. And the thing is too is we've increased weapons on us. All- we have. Carlos Hyde, who is a phenomenal he's like a younger Frank Orr. And we have Frank Orr. We've we've added Brandon Lloyd. We've added uh um hey, my phone buzzes when I have it to my ear. I have to look at it. It's like a like a OCD thing, I guess. Um, but uh you know, we've added a lot of things and uh, you know, crab trees help you, uh well, you know, semi help you but Vernon Davis is one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, and Quan Bolden is just a, an unstoppable wide receiver. And Kaepernick is just getting better and better with experience and time. And I don't know, man. I, I still think our team is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, you know, with that many people out and still having that control on defense. And and ability to turn the ball over. I don't know. I just I felt very, very good watching
1: this game. Yeah, I mean it was pretty, uh, pretty dominant there. So uh, probably any anyone who had those questions about what they'll be able to accomplish, that kind of went out the window because I mean the cow, you know, the Cowboys. We're not looking at you know, uh, I don't know who's a Super weak team. We're not looking at the Raiders there or something like that. You know, the Cowboys are a pretty good team. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean at least they're supposed to be. I think Romo's going to be Romo, though, and that's not that. Uh, that's not that fantastic. <laughs> he's he's uh, you know, he's one of the biggest joke artists in the NFL. Uh, when he's bad, he's horrible. So, uh, yeah. Then you had the um, the the big. You know, I guess rivalry, more or less a Manning situation, is the uh, the Broncos and the Colts, and uh, Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning as, as usual, but man, Andrew Luck put on a hell of a game, you know, throwing for 370 yards, I mean, he's, it's a tough, tough team, uh, the Broncos are just very hard to handle, I think their defense is still, is still not up to par, uh, they came a long way back.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first half it looked like Peyton Manning was, you know, like we were talking about last week, was get ready to, you know, let go where he uh, where he um, left off, or basically trying to make up for that Super Bowl thing, and then the uh, the Colts came back again, came back to uh, beat the point spread, which helped me out. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's
0: definitely, yeah, I think I lost that game too with the spread. Um. It's just, their defense is suspect. They have the strongest, most powerful quarterback on the planet, and that's, you know, always going to be dangerous. But if you're allowing other teams back into the game, you know, that's why the Broncos got smashed so ridiculously hard in the Super Bowls because Seattle was able to hold that offense down, and that defense had nothing to do with themselves. Uh, The Lions uh, bullied the Giants on Monday night, which was fantastic to watch the play, The Giants. And uh yeah, Stafford went off, you know, three hundred and forty six yards. Uh Calvin Johnson seven seven receptions, one hundred and sixty four yards, two touchdowns, quick two touchdowns. And uh you know Eli just looked like uh, you know, the bad Eli. He looked like the, the small table manning once again.
2: Yeah.
0: But, uh, and then you had the uh, the heartbreaker Monday night that I watched uh, up until fucking 1.30 because I could have won the goddamn league. Uh, fucking Cardinals winning by one point over the Chargers.
1: I didn't see any yeah. of those game, so I can't comment.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this week, here we go. Uh, we got Pittsburgh at Baltimore. You know uh, Baltimore yeah.
1: I hate Not these kidding. Thursday games. I really hate these every week Thursday games because like yeah. before they started doing them it was like it was like a special occasion. Like we had the opening and then we had the um Thanksgiving Day games and then a couple late in the season. But now when it's like it just feels like the teams don't really put their best effort into it like a lot of them are trying not to get hurt because they're still sort of recovering and on three days rest you're probably not going to be playing your best on a Thursday Um, and last year I think the first six are on CBS this year but like when it was on NFL Network in previous years too like there's still a lot of homes a lot of cable systems that don't carry the NFL Network so there's a lot of people who couldn't see those games
0: yeah I mean I like it just out of selfishness of wanting more football.
1: Yeah, one so, more game okay. you can see, but you know. But um
0: Pittsburgh at Baltimore, big rivalry game. Uh, Baltimore has obviously got a lot on their mind with the Ray Rice thing swarming the NFL. Um uh Baltimore by two and a half points. Uh I I got Baltimore winning this, I think they have a lot to just come out there and, and silence people and, and bring the focus back to their team. Um, losing that one against Cincinnati, uh, yeah, I thought it was a big deal, and uh, Pittsburgh huge, huge rival. I, I still think that Ben Roethlisberger played above his ability at this point in his career. Um, I don't know if he's just going to continue that and have a fantastic season, or if he's going to be brought back down to earth, and I think you know, a rival rivalry game like Baltimore is, is going to be the type of team to do it. So,
1: I got Baltimore on this one. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I, I, I don't think the Ray Rice thing is going to affect them because they played without him last week. Um, so, I don't know, it's kind of a push for me. I think that this game can go either way. Yeah.
0: And I don't even mean the absence of Ray Rice. I just think the entire media focus on Ray Rice and Ray yeah. Rice and Ray Rice, it, it's like their team doesn't exist right now. They're just the guys who had that guy who punched his wife. You know, they have to bring some focus back that, hey, we're also playing football
2: again, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, like, you know, like the players, I'm sure everywhere they went, they were bombarded with Ray Rice questions where they would normally be get like, well, what about the Steelers? And they're not getting that. And that's got to kind of, I would imagine that would kind of wear on your psyche a tad, also. Yeah.
0: Um, And you got the Detroit Lions coming off of that, you know, smacking the Giants. Playing Carolina, and, uh, you know, Carolina, I think Cam Newton will be back this week playing at home. Carolina favored by three and a half points. i still got to take Detroit on this one. I love the way that they look. Uh, you know there was the Giants they were playing, but um, it's going to be a tough game. It actually should be a good game. Carolina's a tough defense, and Cam Newton's going to have, you know, the show that he's, he's 100% coming back you know, still a fresh season, whether he was ready week one or not, and uh, they're going to have a lot to play for, but uh, like I said, Detroit, I think Stafford's playing really good ball, and uh, man, I'll tell you, when he ran in for that touchdown too, uh, that, <laughs> he just shows like, fucking beast moves, man. He, he went in there, he ran, he made the that defense, I forget who it was on defense, but he made him look absolutely stupid on the goal line, just shook him and Gordon flexed on them. The quarterbacks are just like flexing, and flexing on these guys.
1: To to Ridiculous. be a, to be uh, fair, it was the Giants, but um, it's hard, yeah. you know, The way that they played last week, it's hard to uh, go against them until th- someone proves that they could beat them. By the way, it would be perfect if the Thursday game this week was a New York team because you know it's September 11th, so you know do a little something from New York. <laughs> you know, like it just it just seems like that would have been the perfect way to schedule that. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Even though they all play in Jersey with the fucking New York yeah.
1: On there. Uh, well, even like when you see like WrestleMania or like SummerSlam next year, or any of those events, they don't say New Jersey, New York. They say New York slash New Jersey because I guess it's, yeah, since are, it's pretty much right on the right on the border. Yeah,
0: it, it absolutely hurts I me. Mean, go play in fucking Shea Stadium if that's what you want to be. If you want to be in New York, go, to, go to fucking play in one of those I was
1: going to say, it'd be kind of hard considering they tore it down.
0: <laughs> What's
1: that? I said it'd be kind of hard considering they tore Shea Stadium down.
0: Yeah, well, so that's what you get for fucking <laughs> sitting in New Jersey and talking about New York. Yeah. Fucking go play in the parking lot. I don't give a shit. Um, and then you got, uh, Atlanta at Cincinnati And, uh, man, you know, they just Came off two pretty hard-fought games Uh, especially Atlanta With their, uh, overtime one against New Orleans Um, Cincinnati at home favored by five and a half points I'm gonna go with Cincinnati
1: Um, yeah, yeah, well, again I mean, they played pretty well last week It's hard to go against them right now Yeah,
0: um uh, New England is going to Minnesota Minnesota. Uh, New England is favored by 3.5 points I tend to think New England's going to bounce back and get a win here I have a lot of people saying that New England starts off this season 0-2 and uh, I don't necessarily agree with that I think Tom Brady's going to find a way to win here I, Again, I don't think they're going to have a clear path to the playoffs this year but they're going to be a tough one to keep out yeah, uh, I got to go. I, I, yeah, I
1: think they're going to make the playoffs this year, but um, you know they had sort of an embarrassing loss to a rival. They're playing Minnesota, who's not extraordinarily strong um, all, all around. A um, couple couple teams that are having a little bit of problems, but yeah, I think New England is going to take this one, and uh, I couldn't be happier about it as a fan of a fellow NFC North team. <laughs> yeah
0: um, Dallas at Tennessee. Uh, Dallas had a horrible, horrible week, obviously. Uh, started to see the 49 Uh Tennessee's favored by three and a half at home. Uh, I was surprised at the game that uh, Tennessee gave the Kansas City Chiefs, or the Chiefs that battered, the Tennessee uh, Titans, that much improved. And with Dallas coming off of the week that they had and now traveling to another, you know, team's home, I got to go with Tennessee on this one.
1: Yeah, and well, what a lot of people also don't realize with these lines is that they basically give the home team three points for being the home team. So when you see a line of like three points, uh they basically consider the teams even. Um in this case yeah. they 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 consider it pretty much even. Um but I mean like I said earlier, the Cowboys are are, are a pretty good team, uh from the uh, from the looks of it. Um but they did lose a couple of their big uh defensive uh, players, so that's a problem they're probably still struggling to deal with, Um, but this will be a telling game, too, because it'll say if the Titans are for real or not.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh,
0: Jacksonville Jaguars at the Washington Redskins, um, and uh, the Redskins are favored by 6.5 at home, I, I tend to think Washington's going to come out of this one. I do have, you know, Alan Hearns over there in Jacksonville because I think that guy is still going to put up some numbers against Washington. But I think Jacksonville still has enough holes and will give enough leeway to let RG3 possibly do something and show some sign of light over there in Washington, at least at home. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jacksonville on the, or Washington on this one.
1: Yeah, Washington, like, I don't know because Washington just looked ridiculous against the the Texans in the second half. The Jaguars didn't look that great against the Eagles. Um, six and a half is kind of a large line for something like that. Um, I don't know. I guess the, I guess the Redskins... Right. I hate saying the Redskins um, Just because I live in Redskins country And a lot of their fans Are just completely Fucking obnoxious I'm sure you deal With the same thing With the Eagles And the Giants and, and stuff like that
0: Absolutely Yeah the uh The Jets fans Aren't as obnoxious If they are They're quiet By, by the uh, season.
1: <laughs> they save their Obnoxiousness For the Yankees
0: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah they're, they're Plenty obnoxious Um Then you got um uh, Speaking of the Giants, you have the Arizona Cardinals going and playing the New York Giants. The Giants are favored by a point and a half at home. And I have no confidence in the Giants. And I think Arizona gives
1: them problems. Arizona wins. Arizona wins easily, yeah. What's that? Arizona wins by, like, six, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: At least Uh, it's Miami. Miami at
0: Buffalo, uh, Miami is favored by a point and a half, coming off of that big win against uh, New England, I know Buffalo pulled their win, but I gotta go with Miami.
1: Yeah, both. I mean, both of them were pretty emotional wins, I think, and like I said, I think the Bills sort of dedicated that game to Ralph Wilson, first game since he passed, uh, the Dolphins beat their bitter rivals, the, uh, the Patriots. So, um, I mean, it's a tough game to call There's a reason why it's the, the line's only a point um, But, uh, yeah, I, I think the Dolphins are going to pull this one out Ryan Tannehill, he's, uh, he's not one of those guys who will win a game for you But he's definitely not going to lose it for you Yeah
0: Yeah, I think he's a good quarterback He's young, but, you know uh, I think he does pretty well for himself Uh, Let's see, we got uh, New Orleans at Cleveland And New Orleans is favored by Six and a half points That was a big, big upsetting game For uh, Drew Brees over there I think Cleveland does have a lot of life in them And uh, I Expect Pretty good things for Cleveland This year, but I think New Orleans Is going to bounce off of that loss And uh, I think they're going to beat Cleveland
1: Yeah, Cleveland's got some uh, life in them Just not this week yeah, definitely not. I think it's a double-digit uh, win. I, I think it's
0: a
2: double-digit
0: win for the Saints. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is favored by five and a half points. I, I just don't like St. Louis with the backup quarterback. Uh, they have a great defensive line. They have the ability to put pressure on the quarterback, but I don't think that their offense even has an identity at this point. i got to go with Tampa Bay at home.
1: Smart money is going to be go against the Rams on pretty much every game. They could go do the... Uh, They could run the table in reverse this year. Yeah. Uh, Seattle at San Diego. I'm going to predict it. They go go 0-16 this year. That's my prediction.
0: The Rams, really? Yeah. Ah, I don't think so. You got the uh, Seattle Seahawks at San Diego. Seattle's favored by 5.5 points. And Seattle's been too dominant. I hate their guts, but, uh, they're a little too dominant for me to just go against them until, uh, they've shown enough holes where, uh, you know, that, that, uh, they can be, they can be messed with. Uh, right now, I don't think San Diego's that team.
1: It's easy to make an emotional pick based on, uh, where your homer lies, uh, but that's <laughs> this is not a game to cook in Seattle, no. No. Um. Kansas City at Denver,
0: uh, you know, this was one last year that they played two weeks apart around Thanksgiving. We're kind of doing the same thing with Seattle, and it was much anticipated last year because the two teams were just juggernauts and undefeated and everything else. Uh, Kansas City has a really, really hard road to climb here. Denver's favored by two touchdowns, as you said, and, uh, I mean, i got to go with Denver. As bad as Kansas City looked against Tennessee, Peyton Manning's coming to town doing what Peyton Manning does uh, you know at home and uh, I just I got a bad feeling about this Kansas City team if they can't get a running team together uh, with their running back then uh, they're going to have big
1: big problems Uh, yeah but um, even if uh, Kansas City had uh, been as dominant as they were a lot of last year I still think Denver's Going away with this game. Yeah. Um, let me
0: see. And you got the Jets at Green Bay. Green Bay is favored by 8.5 at home. I'm going to jump in the other direction and say that um, the Jets win this
2: game.
1: That's tough. I don't know about that. I think Green Bay wins this game. Not easily, but I think they win it. They got to bounce back from that Seattle loss. Yeah,
0: yeah, very possible. Um, let me see, Houston at Oakland. Houston's uh, favored by two and a half points. I think even without Clowney, their defense is uh, strong enough that they're going to put it on Oakland and uh, win that game.
1: Yeah, they're going to take them pretty easily. And remember, Clowney was a rookie. That was his first game, so it's not like you're losing a seasoned veteran, uh, you know, Perennial Pro Bowl Kind of guy It's not like They lost J.J. Watt You know They lost A a guy in his first game Uh, It probably doesn't Say much for his future uh, Because uh, That happened to uh, Remember that happened To Greg Oden In uh, the NBA A few uh, About a decade ago Yeah So uh, And then of course The uh, number two pick Kevin Durant And things Turned out pretty well For him Um, Sure But uh, Yeah I would so far as the this year goes, I wouldn't really be worried about the clowning injury. But uh, yeah, uh Plexus are gonna pretty much run away with it. Yeah. Uh,
0: then you got uh Chicago at uh San Francisco over there. Uh, Sunday uh, night oof. football. And uh San Francisco's favored by uh six and a half points. Uh, yeah, of course I gotta go with my guys, it's impossible. I I'm like
1: no- I like nothing about the Bears this week. I don't like yeah. I, I don't like uh, their defense. I like their offense, so they'll put. The, I think they'll put some points on the board. I don't like the fact they're going in for the Niners home opener in a new stadium. Uh, I don't like anything about this. Yep, yeah, definitely got my guys there, um, Santa Clara. However, I will be very happy when they, they win, if they win. Or on the very, very off chance that they win. <laughs> All right. Um,
0: then you got a uh, Monday night football. You got the Eagles at the Colts, and the Colts are favored by three and a half. And I don't even think that's remotely close to enough. I think the Colts are going to handle the the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah, the Eagles look uh, look looked, did not look very good last week. So the Colts the Colts did look good. Uh, I'm, I I the call a lot here. I'm right. Uh, so yeah, that's
0: the uh, that's the games for uh, this this coming week. So uh, let's see what goes on there. I'll definitely review all that next week. Review the CCW show next week. Possibly the Games Pulski Seventeen show. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'll have all sorts of other things to complain about as well.
1: I'm surprised. Um, you
0: can definitely check out um, was... Sports Ben. That's, I believe, still going on right now And, uh, you can check out, uh, Wrestling Soup tomorrow And, uh, is fair Nation
1: back this weekend? Yeah, we're back, uh, Saturday morning, 10 o'clock We've got a lot to talk about It was, uh, Stephanie's birth that happened while we were gone uh, you know Joan Rivers' death. You t- touched on that earlier. Stephanie was a huge fan of Joan Rivers, so I'm looking forward to seeing what she has sure. to say. Uh, the guys from the league on FX were on uh, the wrap-up show last week. We'll talk about that. Everything that happened this week, and whatever else. And that's a in show, so people can uh, can call into that. But I, I have a question, uh, or I'm just a little surprised that Kevin Steen is still allowed to do his uh, show, with him being under contract to WWE and in NXT now.
0: No, that's, uh, it, it was already taped. It was Uh-oh. before uh, he went there. I don't think he's going to be allowed to do any of those. Uh, this is, has been out. Uh, it's just one I haven't gotten around to watch that's, yet.
1: That's too bad. I would love to see a Kevin Steen show with Sami Zayn. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I just want to see Kevin Steen wrestling Sami Zayn yeah. in uh, NXT or... Well, are on the main show because
1: you're going to see some
0: on the, WWE-like stuff.
1: They're doing the uh, uh, NXT takeover tomorrow night, and from what I've heard, uh, Kenseth is going to be uh, part of it. So I'm looking forward To seeing yep.
0: that I saw the graphic uh, The advertisement On Raw for it And uh, definitely saw Some uh, Kenta graphic On him debuting yes. Also uh, I didn't touch on Raw At all Because it's fucking blue uh, I blew through Really quick They did the Ridiculous over the top yellow stuff That's just Sickening at this point The only thing I found Like pretty entertaining About the uh, The Raw Is uh, Seth Rollins Almost got fucking Impaled <laughs> um, Holy shit Uh, apparently WWE has come up with a better way to keep their ring secure where they have holes on the side of the ring, uh, they lower down the the cage, and
2: these spikes
0: will lock into those holes, and that way, I guess, you know, you hit the side of that cage, and it's not budging, man. You've got a steel wall there. You don't have that cage jumping off the ring apron anymore, which, hey, man, WWE, you know, kudos to them for having the latest in technology to to have the highest tech uh, set up and, and organization possible but Jesus fucking Christ do they need to be careful because that was very close uh, It actually, that Spike actually touched Seth Rollins back uh, I think that would be uh, bad bad news for the WWE if that thing went through or anyone's for that matter
1: or anyone's for that matter Oh, yeah But especially yeah. Seth Rollins is uh, one of your big up and coming guys.
0: Yeah, uh, that that was goddamn close. I mean, the thing touched his back. He jumped out of the way. He probably shit himself. Uh, <laughs> that was that was something else.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it, it was nasty. It's it's kind of scary.
0: Yeah, so that was that. But uh, you know, outside of that, uh, I got nothing else for WWE just yet. Um,
1: yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. um, I was watching, I, I don't know if, if I told you this, but uh, my wife's cousin and her son have been staying with us the last couple of weeks, and, uh, he's huh? eight, and he's eight, so you know, he's really into John Cena, uh, you know, he goes to school, like he saw him on the Nickelodeon shows and stuff, so uh, he's like, mm-hmm. so uh, I have one of those uh, CM Punk t-shirts, the one that uh, like sold out like within an hour, so I was just happened to be wearing it today, and he's like, who's that? And I'm like, well, that's CM Punk, he goes... Uh, and then, like later on, he said, oh, "Can I watch a John Cena match?" So I pulled one up on the WWE Network, and it was the one from uh, Money in the Bank, where, uh, which was, you know, where Punk was like gonna leave with the with the title, leave the company with the yeah. with the belt. And um, so he was watching it with me. He's like, "John Cena's gonna win," and I'm like, "Okay, if you say so." And then he's like, "He keeps cheating." I'm like no, He's not really cheating He's like He hit him in the chest I'm like That's that's okay And then uh, John Cena lost And he started crying <laughs> And I'm like Like I kind of laughed Because I'm like It's kind of funny Because like I remember myself As like that little kid Who put like Who put my My stock into it Like that And it was just yeah. And it's just like That's just like A perfect metaphor For Cena Because like That's like His exact target audience You know
0: Oh yeah Yeah for sure. Is the Make-A-Wish
1: uh, champion. Yeah. Evidently, Paige is getting a lot of yeah. make, Make-A-Wish uh, wishes. I Who's? guess. Paige? I guess, uh, they wa- I guess they watch Twilight and they want to meet a vampire. I was going to
0: say, maybe she's crawling up <laughs> on the kids like she does the females. That's
1: <laughs>
0: like the headphones <laughs> But, uh, Yeah, so, uh. I think, you know, we touched all the plugs and everything else. Uh, you know, check out next week, like I said, our homicide on. He's uh, got to touch base with uh, CNA and see what kind of schedule he's got lined up there. But we're going to work it out, and uh should be great. Again, Andrew, for uh, your services and, uh, you know, of course the football chat as well.
1: Yeah, talk to you later, man.
0: Awesome, man. uh we'll catch you out next week. Cat in the house, let's get into the, cat in the
3: house. Yakuza Kick Radio. Kill oh them all. Back
0: on top. Think about it. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Because these motherfuckers are geniuses. Keep it up, my nigga. What the fuck? But you go to the back. And you tell your boss. That there's a new Yakuza
2: in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over.